What up on Deckers, man? It ain't got cold outside. I know you ain't out there trying to wash no cars. But guess what? On Deck got a solution for you. Go up and holler at my people. Who is my people? Music City Auto Spa. All your detailed needs, they're going to take care of it for you. It's at 1400 Jefferson Street. It's right there behind Knockout Wings. And they got a heated waiting area for you while you get your car washed. Most definitely. Go to Instagram. Check out their work at Music City Auto Spa underscore. One more again, at Music City Auto Spa underscore. Tell them on deck, sent you to throw you a little discount, man. You're welcome. Yes, sir. Shakur is in a hospital recovering from serious gunshot wounds as a New York jury deliberates his fate regarding sexual abuse charges. Police say Shakur was the victim of a robbery, and though the wounds were serious, he has been conscious and able to talk to his mother on the phone. Mark Shear has more. Man, what's good on Dick TV? That was 20 years ago. Man, it's crazy. 20. 94. Changed history. That changed history. That's wild, man. That changed history. Like, like take a little a, a moment to reflect it. That changed history. It did. And we're going to go deep into that, too, later on in the episode, most definitely. Because you know how we do it. Welcome to the On Deck TV podcast, man. I am Spike Lou. I'll let your boy Animal Brown, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Thanksgiving. Uh, I AKA, murdered the plates. Man, a.k.a. A.K.A. Dallas Shouty over here. Oh, a.k.a. Bro. Mr. AT&T Stadium. <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Cowboy. <laughs> Like, look, I want to show love to Dallas. First time going there. It's a hell of a city. Who's that Sco though? Fuck the game. Ah, okay. We're still going to the playoffs. But look though. <laughs> I see why we ain't got no home field advantage. Why? I feel like I was at a concert, dude. Uh, like, just from look, it, no, no, no. It, look, if you ain't been to AT and T Stadium, it's like this. Everything in the fucking world is going on. And oh yeah, it's a football game going on too, if you want mm. to watch it. Like, it's 100,000 people there, club shit going on, they selling margaritas, oh, whatever you want. And all oh, yeah, the Cowboys playing right here, too, if you want to watch. Sound like a good time, though. It's a real. good time if if you ain't going to watch football. I got you. And, nigga, they got the big the million screen out in front of the stadium. Oh, you don't want to buy no tickets, you just want to stand out here, y'all want to chill out here? Oh, you can watch the game out here. Mm. <laughs> hey, it's dope. at and Stadium. World, man. And the last thing, though, you got to go to Dallas just to see the houses. The houses in Dallas is like malls, dude. I'm moving to Dallas. I don't believe that. I hooked up with. Look, I had a cool ass Uber Indian driver. (laughs) He was like, "My friend, you here?" I told him it was my birthday and shit. So he was like, "Let me show you around, my friend." He tried to get me to go to like the Galleria Mall, but I wasn't trying to fuck around with all that shit. Right. So he took me to another mall, take Stone something. This nigga was showing me houses on the way to the mall. Keep in mind, Galleria is supposed to be like the big dog mall. This the second big dog mall. Yeah. I seen houses the size of malls, dude. Like on the street, like just sitting on the street, like on the freeway. I heard D Town nice. I can't front. <sighs> Dallas funk. I love Dallas. I, need I to will get be there. back, Dallas. 
I need to get there, cool man. Hey, Dallas, we man. appreciate y'all for checking in. We know we was off a week. Yeah, man. We had takeoff for a week for Thanksgiving, man. We hope you and your family had good holidays. Most definitely. Um, I took it to the crib, man. Went to the Ville, chilled out, got to hang out with my people. Shout out Fate. Shout out Jay. Yes. Had a good time, man. Ate good as hell. Shout out to people. Shout out to everybody with the birthday wishes, too, man. I really appreciate that. I will not lie. Most definitely. Got to turn 21. I finally got to start drinking, man. So I appreciate <laughs> that, man. Appreciate that love y'all show. 41. For the birthday, man. I really do appreciate that. Hey, man. Let's do uh, real quick oh, network hold on, hold news. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, well. We got to get to the network, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm oh, saying. Okay. Network, oh, network news. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm throwing the oop. Oh, okay, yeah, Network News, On Deck TV Network, man. We ain't the only ones that do this, man. We got a team of people, and they do it very well, just like we do. First of all, FSP, Full Sports Press. Full Sports Press giving you everything how you want it about the sports news. We got my man, Coach Locke. We got my boy, Jay Hove. And we got How Easy on the boards. Man, How Easy the producer ran a 40 Show. on Instagram. And I ain't seen that shit, man. And that shit is so... What's how, what how easy doing, dude. man? Why y'all doing how easy? He right said he could run a four seven. Why? And they didn't believe how easy? Him. I told you, dude. You, you sung. What, what was that? He sung. The usher was it? The usher. Yeah, shit? You sung the usher on air. That was it, bro. That was it for the year. <laughs> you can't run the forty, dude. You can't do two of them in a year, bro. <laughs> We're going to be calling you Monday about the stuff in the contract, man. You got a little fine to pay, man. But you can't do that. You can't humiliate yourself twice as you're on deck, man. Hey, that shit was hilarious, man. Nah, shout out to Howie, man. Good sport, though. They had a good uh, episode, the top uh, top duos in uh, basketball ever. It was real dope. Ever. I wanted to know yeah. right now. They really said. They, they, no, they did right now, they too. Said, I said, they said Clay Thompson and uh, Steph. But then they said Bradley Beal and John Wall were next, and that's not right. No, 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 no. I ain't gonna. No, I am not gonna I heard, spoil. I heard him say that second. I ain't gonna spoil who was number one because people. No, no, need to no. Go I'm talking about. Out. I called in. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And yeah, I asked yeah. him who was the best backcourt right now. Oh, okay. and I heard John Wall and Bradley Beal was number two, and I do not believe that. Yeah, that ain't nothing. Uh, also, don't forget check out the Ladies Room podcast every second and fourth Tuesday yes, of sir. the month. Their new episode is up now. Go check that out. All right, we got a big show ahead of us, man. Like, we, we had the Pac clip earlier. We're going to go more in depth about the Pac shooting. It was 20 years on November 30th. That's at the Quad Studios. Not the not his actual death, the shooting before that. First Y'all shooting, remember that. The first shooting that, that birthed the Tupac that we know. Exactly. And then, mm-hmm. of course, later on, we're going to touch on the Ferguson situation. We could not go an episode without speaking on that. Real talk, real talk. We got, I got, I want to say about 11 Text, DMs, and calls about y'all not going to do an episode about the Ferguson. Y'all just not going to do that. I appreciate the love that y'all show and, and wanting to hear our opinions on it. So we're going to do the best we can tonight to try to give you how we feel about it. And we're going to sprinkle in some stuff from people that listen to the show and some thoughts that they had about it. Shit, we agree about something. We disagree about something. But, like, this on deck, we get to have a conversation. That's what we do. Most definitely. So, look, we're going to start off with the weekend review like we always do. Uh, first thing jumped out at me, man. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and kick it off with this little Wayne situation. That's the first thing that jumped out to you. It is, man, because they made this a big deal on the internet as if this was type of some type of issue that he joined <laughs> the Zulu Nation. And my very first question was, what the fuck is the Zulu Nation, dude? I'm not up on that. Somebody please inform me. I'm gonna answer your question, but my first question was totally different. My first question was. Can you be a blood and be in the Zulu Nation? I can't answer that if I don't know what the Zulu Nation is. <laughs> the Zulu Nation is supposed. Well, let me let me take. I ain't even gonna say supposedly and shit on what the Zulu Nation is. It is 
an international hip-hop awareness group. It was formed by and headed by African Boombada. If you know, you know him, old school hip-hop. Y'all know hip-hop, y'all know him. Right. So apparently what these guys do is spread the word of hip-hop around the world. They promote hip-hop awareness. That's what the Zulu Nation does. They promote hip-hop awareness everywhere else but the U.S. What? I thought, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why Wayne is in the Zulu Nation. I don't know why they have to promote Who's the biggest member, Knife Wonder? Knife Wonder is in the Zulu Nation. I didn't even know the Knife Wonder. I didn't know he was a member. Um, KRS-One, Public Enemy, (laughs) Tribe Called Twist, Rakim. So I, okay, so if you if you listen to that lineup you just named, those are all very oh, different cool. types of rappers from Lil right. Wayne. So yeah, like, what is this though? Like, I, I believe somebody just paid him. And well, actually, why would they even pay? Like, I don't even understand this dude. Like, he's more popular than everybody you just named. So he's gonna. Bring he's more popular to it. than the Zulu Nation. That's the point. Like, why? This this is crazy. Maybe like they that. want awareness brought to the Zulu Nation. And you gotta wear African stuff. So he ain't wearing the um, tight jeans and skinny jeans. What if Wayne came out and did the shit in a dashiki? And that shit started popping. That would be the funniest fucking shit ever. What if niggas started rocking that shit, though? They would. You ain't got to worry about it. That's amazing. You ain't got to worry about it. Wayne come out there in the dashiki, dude, with the thing on, people going to start rocking it. I promise you. What if he switched his whole style up? And started rocking the, the, like. No, not even style, like clothing. I'm just talking about, like, his whole rap style. Yeah, that'd be wild. It would. I don't think he, I don't know. I mean, I, the people I, people I, be asking for them. Like, we're going to get them. We're going to touch on this later. Like, people be wanting these head, these big dog rappers to step, step up and okay. talk on yeah, issues. Right. And, and we shouldn't on him for doing it. So, yeah, you're right. You see what I'm saying? That's so, exactly maybe right. this but, can lead okay, to something positive. You got to put up there. If, if you're going to be a part of the Zulu Nation, I don't want a press release from the Ninth Wonder. I want you coming out saying, hey, I'm Wayne. I'm Zulu Nation now. This is my initiative. This is what I'm going to do with it. Y'all read up on it, and I want y'all in it too. If, if that's what you're going to do. If you want to, if you want me to rock the dashiki doll, then tell me what we got going on. Don't have night one to tell me. Yeah, All right, I'm not cool. rocking the dashiki though. We can cancel that. Or the little hat that go with it. I'm <laughs> cool. I'm cool off all that. Uh, what else popped out? You gonna keep the cash money with Birdman? No. What I want to do is take it back to the beef of the week, man. All right, cool. All we always ain't right if we ain't got a beef for the week. Got beef for the week, man. And the the fixture, Chief Keith is back in. It. Again, Chief Keith makes his way on these episodes, bro. And I'm not sure how. I do because he got like Chief Keith is a phenomenon, dude. That's not true. That's crazy. It's not true. It's, it, it is like you said. He makes his way on these episodes, but if no one's heard, apparently Chief Keith and Bobby Schmurder got problems with each other. Do you know why? Yes, because yeah. Bobby Schmurder music sounds like Chicago drill music. Is that why? That, is that is, is that really the reason? That's the reason. Hot nigga, oh, um, the Bobby oh, bitch, the computers why we, why joint. Why we gotta do this, dude? That shit don't sound like New York, Harlem, Brooklyn. But why we shit? gotta do this, though? Why don't they just make a group there? Like they they got a beef? I yes. seen, dude. I seen the, that's how they do it in the shy. I, I was on Bobby Schmurder Instagram. The <laughs> nigga had the silencers with the Uzis and everything. Like See? like like, come on, like for real. Hey man, they gearing up, man. That's young, that be for real, dude. Chief Keith got a song right now I, with Frito Santana. You called sound Beetle too much Juice. like me on this podcast, dude. Let's go outside and fight. That's what that sounds like, dude. Uh, <laughs> That's what that sounds like, dude. Come on, man. The the specific line in question is, "I'll still come and rob you." <laughs> well, wait a minute. I'll still come and rob your kilo, and you ain't catch nobody about a week ago. 
Okay. That's on the new joint with uh, him and Frito Santana. It's called Beetlejuice. So okay. People are like, damn, you going that body? Everybody know the, a uh, week ago shit. Exactly. So let's do this. Let, let's do this on deck. What would you do? Okay. If you Bobby Shmurda, what would you do? What you doing to respond to that? I got to keep it moving, man. Like we, We've talked about this Chi-Town beef, man. I don't have time to prove how hard I am. Okay. I need to be worried about making another track, okay. another record, because... Uh, to 2015 is going to be another nigga with a hotter song than me, and I'm about to be faded all the way out doing shows for 2500 in fucking Iowa. I don't want to be that nigga, dude. I think this is a history making moment on there because I agree. If I'm Bobby Smurr, I keep, I keep it moment. I, I don't, I don't want. I keep it yeah. moving. I cool. It's cool. You mad and everything, bro. All of that's cool. All of that's cool. But it ain't got shit to do with me. Exactly. It ain't got shit to do with money or shmoney dance, dude. Like, keep it moving. I, I don't want no GBE problems. I don't want to not be able to come to Chicago. I'm good. You don't like it, so what? Deal with it. And we keeping it moving. That's it. Oh. Oh, Fab, bro. This broke yesterday. Mm-hmm. Fab just signed with Rock Nation. What? And that Young OG project is dropping on Christmas. It's an album. It'll be digital only, no hard copy. Sorry, Best Buy. What Fab I always do that shit? What man. you mean, digital only? He give you his best music when, when you can't get it. Soul tapes and this digital only. Like, give me a hard copy of all that, man. Yeah. Come on, dude. I don't know, man. I, I know this probably, this goes to, remember last week we had the caller that, uh, that um, asked us, about the emailer, excuse me, asked us about the hard copies. Right. Like, why people it still doing yeah, hard yeah, copies? Yeah, that's true. Fab, right? He must I mean, have heard it's you. Fab, it's Fab, though. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, I, okay, I can see it. He you see got what I'm saying? So, my thing is this. I got two things from this. For sure. I, 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 I definitely want to see is he going to come out on Rock Nation. And to me, Fab is the most overrated rapper without a good album. He's a great, I mean, he's the best. Actually, whoa. hold on. I, re, I said that wrong. Okay. He's the Shit. best album. He's the best rapper with a bad album. With no good albums. I mean. No, he has no. No, he don't got true. no good albums. Yeah, he does. Fab the last got, two. To be as good as he is, the last Losos way was. To be as good as he is, he has no classics. To be as good as he is, he Fab ain't he. got a banging album. No, nah, Losos it ain't banging. You're a goddamn lie, put, put dude. It, put Loso's it in context. Put it in context on one. Give me an album that is equivalent that's to this banging. No, give me an album that's equivalent to this banging. I don't got that. I say no, it's four mics though. What else? Four mics. Give me another four mic album. Um, probably. I ain't gonna. I was almost said that push it to you. That almost said that. Yeah, that that's four and a half. That's four and a half. Okay, I thought you was gonna say. Yeah, no, it ain't. It ain't. It's four and a half. It's slightly. My point is slightly under that. Fab don't make good albums, so he would rock nation now. My whole point is, can he make a good album on rock nation? That's my point. Of course. See, the whole Fab doesn't make good albums thing. Now that was cool when he when his first like maybe two or three, (laughs) but the last two he did make good albums. Like you can't keep saying that when he made two good albums. They ain't good albums though. No, they actually are. When he I'm got listen, away from okay. that, all that. I'm gonna bullshit. listen to both of those albums tomorrow. Cause I'm Los Souls. I'm gonna listen to Los Souls Way and Los. I'm gonna listen straight through tomorrow. I'll, I'm gonna listen straight through, and to see if I miss something. But those are not good albums. Do they average at best? No. See, <laughs> see the one, the joint. Um, what's the joint he had? Like the real talk and street dreams, and all, like those were okay. Okay. He exactly. had the baby all of his, and all the, that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those all were of them okay. sound like that to me. From nothing to something, Loso's way, those were tough. I like, don't fuck like that. that to me. But he cold, though. And I need he this new project, too. So. cold. I ain't gonna lie. Cause them, oh, he is cold. Them mixtapes, goddammit. Hey, yeah. listen. Them motherfucking soul tapes? Yep. I don't, yeah, I don't even want to get started on that. So, look, though. Pharrell was in the news this week, too. 
What do you do now? Pharrell said something about uh, Bill Cosby that I ain't like, but I ain't even finna get into that. And all that trash. But they're giving Pharrell a, a star in the Walk of Fame. That's what they're doing. Mm. And to me, if I'm... I, That's I, a Hollywood, right? Hollywood yeah, Hollywood Walk of, Walk of Fame, right. dude. Pharrell is getting a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and I want to know why. Why I not? don't agree with this. Pharrell is a monster. He's a beast. But you're talking about, like, the Hollywood Paul Abdul. Right. Like, like, look at the names on this list, dude. Like, what? Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. Like, like, why, why is Pharrell getting a star in the Hall of Fame, dude? Can somebody clarify this for me? No, nah, but that, to, honestly, that's not the question. The question is, the same day Pitbull well, is getting I one. Oh, shut up. Did Pitbull, Will Ferrell. They're all getting new. That's also oh, anybody can get one now. So I may have one in like five six. Okay, if I understand. Pitbull that. can get one. I can get a Hollywood walk. Anybody of fame. can get okay, one. I understand that. I understand that. All right. So when I have my Hollywood Walk of Fame party, it's gonna be out there in Hollywood Hills. I'm gonna rent a big mansion and shit. We're gonna put a date of five years on there. The cartoon dog getting, Snoopy is getting one too. Okay, yeah. So they just some fault. Totally. I don't even want one now. It's totally though. like just like that. It ain't shit no more. I used to think it was a big deal. Okay, clearly it's not. All right, so for real, other news was he was talking about Bill Cosby. He said people going too hard on him too. Man, that Bill Cosby shit. I don't know what to think about that. Like that shit, that shit hella old. Like they digging up old shit. It reminds me of Ray Rice shit. It's like, like it, all it is is karma coming back to bite him in his ass, man. Niggas don't fuck with Bill Cosby no way. They don't. They don't he, fuck with new Bill Cosby. He they made fuck it. With old Bill no, 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 no. The niggas. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. You see what I'm saying? The old Bill. The, the new old Bill Cosby shits on rap and all that. Yeah. He, he out of touch. But if Niggas he had just with the stayed, Cosby show Cosby. all of this would have been if he had just stayed irrelevant though. Like just stay out of the way, dude, and do and be Bill Cosby on TV. Do you know he worth like, three hundred and fifty million? Yeah, I can believe that. That's crazy. <laughs> and it wouldn't even be no problem had you not been on your soapbox telling people to pull their pants up and telling black people to act better, dude. Yeah, Just be quiet. Man. You raped fourteen women, dude. Allegedly, of course. You telling yeah, me allegedly. to pull my pants up like it's a problem? Come on, you man. Pull yours up. Keep yours up, Bill Cosby. <laughs> right. Man. Um. Hey, Rook. Another somebody else get an award, man. The game. I thought this was interesting. Uh-huh. Uh He got an award, a uh, humanitarian award, by the Associates for Breast and Prostate Cancer (ABC) what? for short. Um. He has a a charity thing that he's got going on. It's called the Robin Hood Project. He's donated over a million dollars out of his pocket from different places, from L.A., nigga, all the way to the Philippines. And, like, he gets recognition for this because of the unconventional way he does his fundraising. So, like, like for an example, last year he rallied all Crips and Bloods and had them uh-huh. donate uh, money to the family of the, uh, the little girl that got killed. Oh, excuse me, was, I think it was a boy, a young seven-year-old uh-huh. that got killed, I and they paid that. for the funeral. Yeah, so that's that. how he gets... And so he's getting a humanitarian award for for his works. Is that um, how you feel about that? Because I know games sometimes be kind of you know what good game rubs me. Good game rubs me the wrong way a lot, but I understand. And we're gonna get more into that later about how the the business of rap and what you got to uh, what what you can actually put out there. You know what I'm saying? If you want to be successful, and um, when I read this, honestly, like I. You know, you hear about him doing stuff like yeah. in the hood, like you hear it very sporadically, but it's consistent as well. You know what I'm saying? You always hear about him doing something. And when I read this, it gave me a lot more respect for dude because um, he made good music. For sure. And, and I was basing not liking him off of uh, the antics and shit that he would have and say. 
But that's just part of his job. You know what I'm saying? That's like not liking a motherfucker at McDonald's because the fries cold. Right. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. You got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? So I fuck with game based off the strength of that and knowing more about that. It need to be more people in hip hop like that. I, I wish he could cut down on the rants and the stuff. I wish he could cut down on his job. Like gimmicks. You know what I'm saying? Cut down on your job part of it and work more on the you part of it. Because yep. it ain't always about the dollar or whatnot. I feel like he go a little bit extra to make sure that he stay relevant when he could do shit like this and not be as relevant but still get that bread independently. Yeah, so I, I, I fuck with game a little bit more for that. I was surprised when I read the headline. I had to, I had to go a little bit yeah, deeper. You gotta like, find, huh? yeah, I, I, you gotta find out. Like what? Humanitarian award? Yeah, the fuck? But, but he got like the football league. Man, he built the basketball court. I remember, yeah, I remember us career. talking about all yeah. of those things. And um, he's always stepping up. And even in his music, he mentioned like stuff. I remember when Serena Williams and them sister got killed. He mentioned that's so, like. Yep. To, if you look at it closely, he seemed like he's a genuine cool dude, and I could see why he don't fuck with 50, and he don't fuck yeah. with that type of stuff, and ain't no genuine removement. So really, I got a lot more respect for him now reading and all of that. I, I can dig that. that. Um, another dude out here losing, I mean, uh, giving up some bread is RZA. RZA, Man. we talked about I the Wu-Tang him, album, dude. that one of one Wu-Tang album that is supposedly on the way. He said he's paying for this out of pocket. <laughs> He was, is that, five, was his, that was your first mistake. That, that's number one. He's no, your first mistake was trying hole. to do a Wu Tang album. The second mistake was that paying for it out of pocket. Okay. That's true. Okay. He's five hundred k in the hole right now. <laughs> but he said he's looking <laughs> bright. He's got a bid. He said he got a bid for five million though. He sure you do. Um, Does he keep all that five million? If he I if would. he paid off for the why would I pay it? As difficult as it has been to even forget to get them niggas in the studio. Man, I'm keeping eighty percent of that five million. Yeah, nigga, this a nine to ten split, nigga. <laughs> Y'all niggas get this ten percent come on with my ninety. No, I wouldn't do that. But Happy what I would pay. I wouldn't do that because I wouldn't have never paid out of pocket for this because I don't believe in the rest of them niggas. Like Rizzo got a good work ethic, he could do it. My question is like Rizzo can lose 500000 out here? Apparently so. Like, he good. I didn't know Rizzo that. Rizzo can do that? Okay. Rizzo be scoring shit, and, yeah, and he damn. working. Oh, like, yeah, he direct movies and some other yeah, shit. He yeah, did he did the, he did the joint about a year or two ago. I said, really? He throwing them niggas a bonus? little 500 ain't nothing to him, really? He should have paid them. <laughs> he got the he had, Celebrity Net Worth got him at $18 million. Yeah, okay. Y'all ain't mad at yeah. him for that. And I fuck with him. He's a good actor. He is really good. He's funny as fucking Californication. Jesus, he was funny on that. very funny in that. Uh, but I ain't putting five hundred on the line for no Wu Tang. And I ain't hard, paying five man. million for the record either. I, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not calling the nine people to say let's set up this studio time or fly to Hawaii and record it. Nah, I'm not putting up with those attitudes and different. Per- nope. Them niggas gotta no, take mega bus to get no. to the yo, bro. <laughs> they gotta take the mega bus to get here, bro. Like you want to be a part of this? You yeah, I gotta fly you out, nigga. I'm paying for nah. the whole L, man. I gotta send my jet. Nah. Like, nah. I'm good. I'm good off of Wu Tang. I promise I am. If I got to do all of that, dude, I'm, I'm good. I'm super good. I could have done wonders with that 500K. Man, dude, look, give me that 500K, bro. I would have made you 5 million. I swear. <laughs> I swear to God, I would have. But look, man. Um, I'm my man OG Maceo. Didn't you go see him Monday? Did you get the OG Maco? Maco, whatever. Yeah, man. Did, did you, go, you, did you see him Monday? It. I did not. You didn't. You didn't get to see him. You remember I went down there with uh, 360, A360, or A3C was here? For sure, for sure. He shook it. And he came out in the crowd. He did his thing. It's exactly what I expected. Right. He's questioning Beyonce's new video. They got why it was the talk of the town. I have no idea. She really didn't do nothing. But he said that she stole that idea from him. Yeah, because if you remember, 
And for the record, you guessed it. I know we broke that. You guessed it. We did. Let's be very clear. We very much did. And he has a video. Remember, you talked about the video. You were like, ah, he's shaking the video. It's funny. He was he he was in a hotel. Yeah, he was doing a lot of funny shit. It's funny. So Beyonce new video for the Sam Alem song, which is a terrible song. Number one, number two. She's jumping around and it's got that, but it's in her crib though, which is probably the size of a hotel. If you but, like, what you get out of saying something about this? If you getting attention, you? come on, man, relax, he, bro. He give me another wave. song. I give me another song in more funny vines, and play off the fact that Beyonce may have jacked it in the song or the funny vine. Yeah. I don't want you to talk about an interview, bro. Come on, man, let's get this bread. Think better, think smarter, dude. Don't He's, challenge Beyonce because we may not ever hear from you again, dude. Nah, them, she them is Beyonce, the machine, dude. Yeah, them Beyonce. That is the machine, dude. Right. Nigga, you said the wrong thing about Beyonce. You don't have zero followers, bro. <laughs> Just play into it, dude. You could have played into that. You're down she, here in A. If we run in each other, we can rap, and I'll tell you how we can play into that, bro. Because they're like, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, he took hella shots at her, at her clan. I fucked with him, too. I fucks with him, but don't, no, don't do that. I man. think it's too soon for OG Mako to do this, Yeah, man, you can't do that, man. You finna get blackballed. You're gonna be like, what's your boy name? Had that left-right song from down here? You're gonna be like that, uh, man. Miracle? Yeah, see? And I'm deep as fuck for knowing who the fuck that was. That's pathetic, actually. Uh, man, real quick, <laughs> you gonna, first of all, we're not finna gloss over this Birdman shit with, uh, with Wendy, with, uh, Wendy Day. Let's talk about this, cause this, this might get long. Yes, so, Wendy Day, right. Rap Coalition. Okay. Shout out to Wendy Day, she's been, she's been in the rap game for years, seen it all. Yes, guest of the show, she fucks with on dick. Yes, most we definitely. She'll be back on soon. Yes, hopefully. Come on, Wendy. So, because I want to talk about this right here. Right. She told a story. She had an interview the other day, and someone, the interviewer asked her, you know, how did Cash Money do? Because they did her wrong. She had to sue Cash Money to get paid off the deal that she got them for that 30 million universal shit. <laughs> so he was, the, the interviewer was like, damn, what happened? Did they, did they just kind of fuck you, fuck around with you on the money, or did they just disappear one day? And she was like, man, they just disappeared. <laughs> I didn't hear nothing. And she said, but what's funny, though, a friend of mine in the industry, Freddie Fox, He's like an old school rap dude. I'm not really a no, 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 no. Nah, he old school, bro. Ain't no, 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 no. I'm talking about you saying old school rap dude. Amy, let's, what let, is it? Let's not get this twisted. Freddie Fox is a gangster. Okay. Freddie Fox is a motherfucking G. He ain't gonna play no games. Let's okay. get that understood. So Freddie, like it's numerous stories of this nigga. Like, <laughs> like let's say you remember he was on Combat Jack. Did you listen to that episode? I did not. Okay. I didn't know who the hell he was. He told a story about one time the engineer fucked up something on the verse. Nigga went outside, got his gun, smacked the engineer in the head with the pistol. <laughs> no told him to make way. sure he gets it fucking right. Like, it's just shit that he do. Right. Like, that's what Freddie Fox do. Like, he was looking for an audio file that he couldn't find. Everybody claimed they couldn't find it, so he went and put the strap in the head. Somebody that claimed they found it. Like, he got a lot of stories, dude. Okay. okay. So, Freddie so Fox he, ain't just no, like, and he's with the shit, he, He's very much with the shit. Okay. Okay. So, she said that she got a random phone call one day from her friend, Freddie Fox. Mm. Good and he says, yeah, that's a good ally. He says, hey, I got Birdman. You've been looking for Birdman, right? And she was like, huh? I haven't heard from him. He was like, well, I got him right here. I got the pistol to his head. He got some Whoa. things he want to tell you. So he he hands Birdman a phone, and he says that this guy has a pistol to me. I'm on my knees, and I'm apologizing for how we did you with the deal. Now, <laughs> now this is my question. Okay. I trust Wendy Day. I don't think she would make this up. 
She seemed very genuine, very 100. I don't think she'd make this up. My question is, when the hell did he catch Birdman by himself? <laughs> I've never seen him by himself with less than 15 <laughs> niggas around him, dude. Where were they at, though? Do, do anybody know where they were when... um? Did, did uh, she say where we called from? Yeah, they was on the street out of Hot 97. He oh, had so just he left Hot 97. Okay. Let me tell you what happened. Okay. Let me give you my theory. No fucking way did Freddie Fox have a strap to Birdman's head <laughs> at no point in his life. Ever. <laughs> now, with that being said, Birdman's a smart dude. He was up in New York. He, I, I know if I didn't heard the stories, he didn't heard the stories of Freddie Fox. Tough. Uh, Nick, Freddie Fox probably know it. He raps now. So he probably know a nigga up at Hot 97 and fuck with him, trying to get cool points off Freddie Fox. Freddie Fox owe me a favor. I'm good. Hey, Birdman up here, them. Birdman, them, they up here. Freddie Fox make his way up there. <laughs> Birdman, knowing who Freddie Fox is, probably somebody that'll put him up on game. Like, hey, look, bro, if, if he got any issues, you want to just hit him off with some bread. And it'll be cool, just like that's that's what he here for. He ain't making hits. He ain't in the rap game making money off no goddamn ringtones or nothing like that. <laughs> right. Birdman walk around with a hundred thousand dollars in his goddamn pocket, dude. Easy. So if if Freddie Fox say, man, you, you, he going in and probably got the goddamn batter in his back talking to Birdman about, oh, you doing my girl wrong? Whoop the yep. whoop this, whoop the whoop that, man. Birdman probably hit him off with a nice little sack, nice little bag. Hey, man, calm down. Go get you a steak. Go get you some nice wine, man. I know you probably ain't had something like that in, a, in years, nigga. I'm finna give you a bag that might change your life slickly. And then he left out. Did he call Wendy Day? And he told it. He said, "All right, all right, I'll do it." But he'll tell Wendy Day that you you're, you're a fuck with it. Just do that for me. Boom, oh, so that's how you think it went down. It went like he paid him. He okay. paid Freddie Fox. Freddie Fox said, "Like Birdman don't care if it's a rumor out there about him with somebody putting a strap to his head. He don't care. He don't care about that. But he would care if he paid if the rumor was out that he paid him to leave him alone. Mm, he don't true. care. Like just like we sitting here talking mm-hmm. about, it, like he don't care. Like nobody believes that dude. Bird, ain't no, no. I don't know. You said Freddie Fox was a he beast. A beast. Though, he ain't like... that much of a beast. Birdman got an army with him, dude. Like you That's said true. at all times. That's true." So all Freddie Fox had to do was put him to the side. They came. They had a gentleman conversation. Birdman realized what he had to lose. Paid him. Had to pay it all by saying, hey, yeah, you got strapped in my head right here. Like, man, get the fuck so, out of here. And he, he, she also added that on the phone, he said, look, you want your money, you, you're going to have to sue me. Sue me. He said, when <laughs> I have to pay you, you'll get paid. That was his exact See? words. And Wendy Day went on to say that they don't pay anyone at cash money. She said they don't pay contractors to do work. They don't pay the engineers. They don't pay anybody. They don't pay anybody for doing work. You have to take them to court to get your money. Right. That's pitiful. Man, that's crazy. And, and that, that goes for the T-shirt manufacturers. She anybody. said the Fruit of Islam security they didn't pay. Paid. Paid. Like Birdman don't be paying that's nobody. She that said ain't his fault, though, man. You need to get a better accountant, man. Cause he ain't it ain't his there. fault. He not sitting there crunching the fucking numbers, dude. Hire somebody that's going to pay the bills, dude. Nigga, you got to be over that shit. What are you talking about? You got to hire somebody to be over there. Get you a good accountant that tells you, hey, you're spending too much money here. Hey, this bill needs to be paid. Hey, you owe these people millions of dollars. You're me Berman ain't got no account. He got a bad one, is what I'm oh, telling okay, you. That's okay, what I'm okay. saying. Get you a better account. I got you. That makes sense. <laughs> Shit. Oh uh, man, real quick too. I saw Chris Rock. He got a new movie out, man. That top five it's supposed to come out this that month, I believe. Good, which I'm surprised. Yeah, it looks solid. Chris Rock, funny though. 
Like, what are you talking about? I think I love my wife. That shit was funny. Let's not let's let, clearly let's not let's not be too overzealous with the Chris Rock funny. Chris Rock funny. Like, no. He's not, he not the funniest he's, nigga ever, but he's, he's funny. He's okay. He above okay. Bro. Nah, it's a, it, he yeah, he's above even, okay. Cat Williams funny to him. This nigga said Cat, Cat Williams. Williams is funnier than Chris Rock. Cat Williams got one special. Kevin bro. Hart is funnier than Chris Rock. Kevin Hart has two specials. I'm, I'm just saying they're funnier than him, though. Mike mm-hmm. Epps is funnier than Chris Rock. All these That's people are funnier than Chris Rock. Chris Rock's just a bigger name. It's a reason he's a bigger name. Because he catered to white people. No, because he catered to white people. That's why. <laughs> they don't. Man, during promo for his uh, movie, though, uh-huh. he said uh, that Kanye album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy album, was the best album in the last 30 years. See? Agree or disagree. He caters to white people. And crazy motherfuckers that like Kanye West. Those are people that going to come sell you out and make you the number one comedian. The only reason he said that is because he's featured on, on that album. album and he's pro. Like, he's been saying a lot of crazy shit like this. He got a lot of noise about the monologue he did on Saturday Night Live. Mm. I ain't get to watch it, but they said he shook it. Like he, yeah, I said, watched it. This shit was hella funny. He though. went in. Like, who, who he go in on? Uh, I'm trying to think. He man. was going in on. It was like a lot of talk about this shit. I ain't even watch it. That shit was funny, though, man. Saturday Night Live actually done got slick funny lately. I've, I've, um, ne- I've never seen an episode of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it's actually not that bad now. No. Um, but I don't know. But like that ain't, This ain't even Kanye's best album. So to say it's the best rap album in yes, the last 30 years is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's banging like a motherfucker. It shows why he's not the funniest comedian of Hell no, nah, but he killing uh whoever you not said. Not a lot of people he's not killing. Scrunchy, who did you say? No. You was naming co- uh comic view motherfuckers <laughs> that was funny to him. That was Bruce Bruce is funny. Oh my him. god. And Earthquake. Now Earthquake ain't that funny though. But what's the other nigga name though? Lavelle the nigga ain't got no neck, the fat nigga. <laughs> he he funny than Chris Crawford. Rock. He funny. God he funny. <laughs> You just overrated all of them motherfuckers. All of them funny. It's rock though. Real quick before we get to this song break. What we gonna do about we we gonna run these color Michael comments later? Yeah, because I want to oh, okay. talk about okay. them during the um okay. the Ferguson joint because he said some real shit. All right. Um. So we got to give a status update on where the Migo chain is. We've mm. been talking about this for about two weeks now. Mm. Of course, you know they got the chain snatched in D.C. Mm-hmm. It's been a little bit of talking going back and forth. Some cats out of D.C. put a video out. Like, yeah, rocking the two chains, too, though. Oh, my God. It was three cats from D.C. from the leg crew or the leg gang or the leg family, whatever. And them niggas was rocking the chains. Uh-huh. And yo boy, Quavo, of the Migo, one-third of the Migos, put None a song out. He put a song out clarifying what about this shit and what happened. Quavo let him know what happened. Okay. Quavo let him know. Let him know, Quavo. Okay, let's hear this. So I, I hear this. the song is called The Truth. Okay. He's got clips of a phone conversation with the leg crew member. Oh, <laughs> telling him that, hey, Fat Trail got your shit. This is too much, man. No, this is we we need to know what's going on, man. Like I, I need to hear from Quavo what happened. So we're gonna touch on this. This is gonna lead us into an email that we got mm-hmm. related to such topics. Okay. So check out this Quavo. It's called the Truth. Little boy, don't play with me. Little boy, little boy, don't play with me. Little boy, never been a gangster. Little boy, don't play with me. Small. Little boy, don't play with me. Wipe that little baby. Little boy, don't play with me. Small ball. Fuck, nigga. Do you know who I am? Lil' boy, don't play with me. Head honcho. You thinking that you can come up off of me? Don't you dare play with me. Peon. You thinking that you can come up off of me? Little boy, don't you play with me. No. Don't play with me. Nah. Woo. Lil' boy, don't play with me. Nah. Don't play with me. Don't you dare. 
Little boy, don't play with me. Little boy, Quavo. Can't handle the pressure, cause the world know that you got that QC pendant. Pressure. Look at him, scared in the interview. Scared. Got him shaking out his britches. Uh. I'ma tell him how it went down. Nigga jumped up the stage, started walking through the crowd. Went down. I'm the last one walking through the door, so they took the opportunity to hit the lick now. Damn. One nigga tried to go snatch it. Uh. Hit him with the Hennessy, broke the glass. Another nigga grabbed my chain, then he ran to the level top of real street. Nigga leave it by himself. Huh. My chain gone, it's all good though. You just made me re up on pot of gold. But don't think this shit is all good though. Nah. You might as well hide in a spider hole. Potato on the snub nose. Call my niggas Migo Idaho. Migo. You fucking with the wrong rappers, man. Whoa. We know your address and we got your name. Yeah, all this for a QC chain. Like your mama say, boy, you in hot water. water. Put them on the menu, put them on the plate. Cause Quavo wanna make an order. <laughs> Lil' boy, don't play with me. Lil' boy. Lil' boy, don't play with me. Little boy. Never been a gangster. Alright man So don't play with me Clearly I, Why Why Quavo Had to address that In that night I'm not sure of But it does I'm glad he did though This the On Deck TV network man This the On Deck TV podcast We cover everything Hip hop So we gotta talk about this You glad he did Yeah I'm glad he did Cause that's how you Address situations like that Okay but we have an email You know we started the, We launched a new email Campaign Give him the address Oh it is Ask on deck At gmail.com Ask on deck at gmail.com. So we're doing a new thing. Y'all, please send us the emails to ask on deck at gmail.com. Here's what we have. On deck, why do we praise beef and ignorance until there's a casualty from it? Then we blame the system and someone tries to do preventative. And then when someone tries to do preventative maintenance on the front end, we ignore it. Why does it happen like this? Okay. This is from Joe in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Joe at AOL in Dayton, Ohio. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you, and I and I understand exactly what he meant. Tell me what you think he meant. Because, like this record right here, for an example. Uh huh. Okay, y'all took my chain. Cool, nigga. You know what I'm saying straps. I got this. I got that. We beef, and we talked about it earlier with Chief Keefe and, and your boy and Bobby Schmurter. It's all right. cool when it's on record until somebody get knocked off, until somebody in their camp get killed, until somebody assistant get murked, until what's Ti partner, until some shit like Feeling that happen. Like yeah. Yeah, then it's not that. cool no more, and then everybody's like, ah, oh, man, like, da da da. da. But you, R.I.P. and let's right. While we let's get this together and black on black crime stuff like that. But when it was popping off, you was cheerleading it though. You was all oh, dude from Migos got his chance. Like, okay, it, see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I, I I feel them, and then they try to reconcile it afterward. Like, man, we got to get together, man. This shit getting too serious. So I, I think it's very relevant, and we're talking about the Pac shooting mm-hmm. and how all that took place, right? For that question in this song, because they need to. People gassing that shit up, bro. Like, and it's and when it end ugly, like you don't want to take responsibility for the role that you played in gassing that shit, and you should. I agree. I agree, and and I think to do with that, like what you said for gassing it, and why we promote it so much is because we have so much access to each other now. Like, nigga, I do something to you, you do something to me, or we got a beef with another podcast, so we run into each other. <laughs> no. The shit gonna be online if we popular enough within twenty four hours because somebody got their phone. Yep. Somebody think it's gonna be on World Star. You know yep. what I'm saying? So it promote people to do shit that they think is gonna make them famous. That they think is gonna, like you said, get them Instagram likes. Right. But the shit real life though, you just took some from another man that he paid what ten, fifteen. Whatever. We 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 assuming it's real. You know, he paid ten, fifteen thousand dollars for this, and you ran snatched it, not to sell it. 
But to show the Instagram, oh, I took a nigga from Migos' chain. Right. In our society, like, as rappers, like, to be the tough guy, to be the dude that can't nobody fuck with, I think it kind of played out. And the younger generation hasn't realized that yet. Yeah. Like the Migos and the the, the, the Fat Trails and the, the Chief Keeps, because in the environments that they came up in, like, I don't think it's as bad as they portray it to be in their music. Because even in the more mainstream music and stuff like that, it's not as violent as it used to be. Like, N.W.A. used to be a smash yeah. hip-hop group. Now you got Kendrick and people waiting on J. Cole album. So the, the violence ain't popular no more as a whole. Right. But what it is popular amongst us, like the people that ain't on TV, we want to see that shit. Because you go to work every day and that's your entertainment. Yeah, right. hip-hop. It's entertainment. Yeah, you know I mean? That's your entertainment knowing... Uh, he was just here a year ago, and well, like me, and now he getting his chain snatched, and right. now they got beef, and it got a thousand likes. Man, fuck that. That shit. Stupid. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's a whole series of Instagram screenshots and yeah. DMs, and, see, and like that's what it's all about. Like this ain't on CNN. And, and to me, to me, I feel like more so. Of course, they in the wrong for taking this chain. But more so the Migos, like they on the up and coming. Like I, I dog them on here, like jokingly sometimes. I, I I done listened to a little bit more of their music. They not bad. They talented dudes. They can make good music and they can be better. You know what I mean? They have a career in this. But like when you indulge and shit like this with niggas that ain't yeah. got nothing to lose, like the foot gang, who is these niggas? The feedy gang? Like the leg, like what? Right. I ain't got nothing to say to y'all niggas, man. You can have the chain, bro. You can post it on Instagram and everything. And I'm going to go make my Instagram video of me buying another one. And say, <laughs> and I'm going to say how sad it is that niggas got to steal out here. Right. I ain't going to say you can't take this chain. I'm going to let you know you hurting my nigga. And if you need something, come holler at me. That would have made him feel real small. Then job. he would have disappeared, dude. Yeah. Y'all need chain money? You want me to buy you a chain? See what he would have reacted then. Don't tell the nigga it's all cool and where I got to come. Let that nigga know, like, I can help you, brother. Man. That would have hurt his feelings. Nah, that would have. That would have killed his pride. Man, right that would have hurt his real. feelings. You need a chain? I got money to buy you two or three. Your homeboy need one, too? <laughs> Your mom straight? You got a house yet? Because we selling records over here as Migos, dog. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how I would have played him. You gotta, we got to be smarter than that. Like, the violence, like, it's falling out. And you see that with Mike Brown, what we finna get into. Most definitely. But first thing first, touch on this. Let's give a quick recap of the Pac shooting and, and how that affected yes, yes, uh, the rap game and, and Pac today, if he was still here. Yes, that's the uh, So tell me what exactly, give me some specifics on the Pac shooting okay. in Quad Studios. This week, 1994. Um, November 30th, actually. November the 30th. Tupac was headed to record in Quad City Studios, and this is the infamous shooting where he got shot five times. Um, it started the East West Coast War. Uh, Pac originally came out and said that he believed that he was set up by Biggie to come to the studio, do a recording. Biggie had his people out there, shot him, and that's what happened. Now, throughout the years, more stuff has came out yeah. as about what happened, the theories and the different things of that nature. And I know you said on the chick on the phone call we listened to, we played it on the on the show. She alluded to, well, they alluded to her setting it up. Pac said that, right? Yeah, no, nah, okay, so remember the phone call that leaked out earlier this year? Uh-huh. He was talking, and he had mentioned, the guy on the phone said, Pac, what was up with that shooting, bro? And Pac said, ah, oh, man, that's, you know, the girl with the whole rape case. Man, there was some people that she knew, man. She had them come and take some shit up off me or whatnot, but it's all good. So that, from in my, my eyes, debunks the whole puff and... 
and Big had something to do with it, theory that ran rampant through like the Vibe articles and all that type of shit that was going on back in the day. Right. That kind of kills that theory for me and makes it seem more like Pac was doing that shit as Big said to sell records. Okay. But, I mean, uh, you, uh, because he asked why rob me and you didn't take my <clears throat> Rolex. Like, they took a couple of pieces, like a chain and, and something else, but they left his Rolex, which I think was the most expensive thing on him. He said, oh, this was a robbery, then why you didn't take that then? Exactly, it was a setup. They tried to kill me. Like, when they came in and told everybody to get on the ground, Pac was the only one that didn't get on the ground. He was like, man, fuck y'all, and that's when they started shooting him. Right. So it's like, <laughs> dude, if you get on the ground, hypothetically speaking, you get on the ground, you throw your, you throw your ice on the ground and be like, man, y'all got that. Them niggas pick that shit up and run off. You never get shot. Maybe he's still here today. You never know. Yeah, that's true. Now, another theory has came out that Jimmy Hinchman had something to do with it. And the theory of Jimmy Hinchman is that he reportedly had a problem with Pac off some other stuff. He felt like Pac had gotten over on him or something. And he was at the same Quad City Studios at night because he was a manager as well. He had his record label. And um, they were back at where the executives hang with Puff, him. They weren't in the recording studios were Big and... Uh, Junior Mafia were hanging out Right So allegedly Haitian Jack Who Pac mentions Haitian Jack Was waiting outside Along with another Known shooter From the New York area And they were waiting On Pac to come up Because they knew Through dealings with Puff That he was coming To do a studio session With Big Now Big ain't in the same room With them While this conversation Is going down He's recording And he's recording In the room That looks out Facing the street you're facing the streets, you see Pac pull up, and you see him, you say, hey, hell, like what they show in the movie, the Notorious movie. Oh, Lassie's. Yeah, like Lassie's, oh, Pac, what's up? Come yeah. holler at us. They don't know what's going on in the back room. They're in the studio recording, like I said. So Jimmy Henchman, they're saying, reported, confessedly said, he let Puff know that, hey, I'm finna rob Pac when he come in here because I got something against this dude. I already got my dudes downstairs. We finna rob him. So that comes the whole thing where they say, oh, Puff knew, Big knew. All these people knew it was a setup. Pac got some wrong information. I don't think the big knew. I think the big was recording and was just in the in the wind of it. Because yeah. I don't think he would have set him up and did it like that. Definitely could see Puff saying, oh, ain't got nothing to do with me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's one theory that's out there. I ain't saying that's true or not, but that's some, for some research I did. One of the artists that said it, he supposedly confessed to Chuck Phillips. He has came back, Jimmy Henchman, and said that that's not true, and Chuck Phillips is the Howell Cosell of hip-hop and puts out bullshit. He said this guy is trying to rebuild his torn reputation, and he is a discredited journalist. So it may or may not be true. Yeah, who knows, man. So who knows what happened at the Quad City Studios? But the thing is, that's what led to the East-West Coast War. And you say, well, what the hell do they got to do with Ferguson? That led to the East-West Coast. You got something else to no, 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 okay. no. So that leads to East West Coast where we lose two rappers. We lose Big, we lose Pac. Pac would have been 43 today. Yeah. 43 years old. My question, and, and I've heard so many people say this and ask this and, and, and feel like this people had a responsibility. 43 year old Pac, on what he was on then, how is he addressing the verdict when it comes out? Even the whole process from the time of the shooting. What, in your opinion, is his voice like at 43 years old? What is he doing? I'm hoping by the time Pac is 43 mm -hmm. that, A, he hasn't worn out his welcome with the youth. Right. I'm wondering if the youth still fuck with him or do they see him as that old-ass rapper that be talking about social issues. Right. Like, it's assumed they fuck with him. If that's the case, bro, he's leading the charge. Mm. But, right. I, I, but honestly, I theorize that if Pac never got killed – 
Ferguson wouldn't even have happened, bro. Mm, mm. Like, I think because if you listen to the phone, I went back and listened to the phone call that was released earlier this year. Pac was putting together a series of uh, yep. different plans that he yep. had to build up communities. You know what I'm saying? And and he was big on having the community spirit, having people from the neighborhood policing the community so there's respect there. And there is no, hey, you're jaywalking, get the fuck out the street. Right. There is no, oh, fuck you, pig. Yep. And there is, and that, that eliminates all of that shit. I agree with that. I, I think that I'm a, I ain't gonna say I'm a conspiracy theorist, but it's more the Tupac being killed than Suge Knight had him killed or this or that, because the people that are in the dominant society of this country, they look forward and they think ahead of things like that. So you see a person like Pac, and you hear how he started talking once he get out of jail, and it ain't so much on this hit him up, I fuck your wife shit. It's more so on the Nah, let me let me show these black brothers how to do this, and let me help them this way. And even these brothers in jail, let me show them what to do when they get out. Let's create jobs for them. Let's start doing that. When you start talking like that, and you're a person like Pop, it's a bullseye on your back. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because what 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 he was doing essentially at the time that he died was setting himself up to be the voice of the generation that is now revolting against Ferguson. Right. That's what he was setting himself up to do. And the main problem with Ferguson, and the main issue is. There is no person that's the voice of this. There is nobody that, that's on TV speaking for the people that are out there protesting. There's nobody saying, hey. I mean, there's some people on TV. No, no, no. Now we're, I'm talking about credible people. On Pac level is what you Credible people. Not credible, period. Like, you got Don Lemon. Don Lemon is the one saying, this is the voice though. of the new, gener- the new generation. Like, you. He's just an anchor, bro. I know he's just an anchor, but what I'm saying is there's no one that's able to to accurately say, why those people out there? Like people say, Killer oh, Mike. Well, I'm listening to talk radio. Who? Killer Mike. He ain't popular enough though. Oh, that's, that's, so that's what I'm asking. Yeah, like okay, on, on a level of Pac. You okay, know what I'm saying? Okay, By okay. the time that Pac would have been 43, the level he would have been on and speaking against you. his, he's he making a much larger impact. Yeah, Killer Mike was on CNN, but a lot of people look at him like, oh, who is that? What, what, what do you do? See, that's my, and that's my point. Will the youth have looked at Pac the same way Not they the look youth. at Killer Mike I'm talking Mike about the people, the people that matter more so even than the youth. The youth know who Killer Mike is, but I'm talking about the people who wonder why it's white people out there protesting when they don't have problems with police, when they ain't go through what Mike Brown went through, but yet and still they out there laying in the middle of the street. I heard a white guy on talk radio say, what are these privileged white kids in Oregon doing protesting? He don't understand that it ain't a race thing. It's become more of a generational thing. It's not a race thing. Right. And I think that's... So we we might as well go ahead and get into the Ferguson topic. Like, I think Let's that's one it. of the things people are overlooking. Let's do it. It's not... I can have a whole conversation about Ferguson and not mention one thing about race. Well, let's say... Real talk. You that's, can. You that's can. a media... It's bigger than race, though. It's, it's, it's larger than a white cop shooting a black kid. The race element of it is, though, the, um, the price of a black life, I would say, the worth. What, what a black man, especially, his life is worth. I mean, yeah, yeah, you and can I, say that. And I say that to say that the racial, the racial portion of it is this. The reason that you can kill Mike Brown in the middle of the street and, 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 and people get away with it because we've seen those images throughout the years. You see, like, you still see pictures of black people hanging from trees and lynchings when they refer to those time periods. You still see pictures 
of uh, black people getting sprayed, black people getting attacked with the dogs. You still see those pictures. Those images are still like, on, like even when they do the black in America, they do those things. And that desensitizes not only us, but everybody else as to they used to get treated like that. Who's to say they ain't those monsters still now? Right. You don't see pictures of meth head white people on TV consistently. You don't see those pictures of white people in distress. So when you see the pictures of black people in distress, as much as you see them, it kind of desensitizes. And you get that white guy asking, like, well, why does anybody else care? They've they been going through this shit for 50, 60 years. Right, You know right. what I'm saying? And that's just because I feel like the media portray, they put that picture out there more so often. And it go to what you were saying, like, why have the verdict at night? You know what I'm saying? Like, why why have the verdict at a time when you know people going to be out, they're going to be unruly, nobody got to go to school the next day, it's, it's around Thanksgiving, you probably ain't got to go to work the next day, you off, you can go, you can be a part of this, not only to hear the verdict, but if something happened, you want to turn up with everybody around them, because why? you seen on TV them playing the 94 rides, them playing the rides that happened in Detroit, they were playing no thing, even leading up to the verdict to say, hey, this has happened before, remember, y'all have the ability to do this. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they put that shit out there. And that leads us to a uh, voice memo that we got from a listener in regards to that and the looting aspect of it. Let's check out what they had to say, and we're going to comment on that too. What's going on on Deckers? I know everyone saw the uh, Ferguson trial results last week. I, I would hope you felt some type of way about it, considering we heard about the results at night. I don't quite know why they thought telling us bad news at night was going to be a great thing. It's almost like they wanted to see civil unrest pop off. It's like they wanted to see people get hit with tear gas and you know, just see looting and robbing. You know, I, I saw so many pictures on Twitter where people were running out of liquor stores and and, and beauty shops and, and shoe stores, and it was just like, wow, man. You know, those people are angry. They took their frustrations out on their own neighborhood, and CNN and everyone else televised it just so we could see, but. That shit crazy. I, I don't quite know where we're going, really, as a society. I mean, I just don't know. All right, your thoughts on that. Okay. That go to exactly what I was saying when I said the images that you see or what you see on CNN, what you see on Fox News and the stuff that you see, unless you open your eyes and do your own research, and most people like dominant society, white people, people that ain't got no reason to go look for this stuff anywhere else, what they see, like he said, is them tearing up their own communities. What he see, like they said, is it's always been there. Like, why are they doing this to their own community, to their own stuff? They're destroying their own neighborhoods. So what that does is instill something in the heads of the white people that are out there, the Darren Wilsons, that these people are monsters anyway. I've been seeing this shit my whole life. Yep. So if I'm in a confrontation with them, it's life or death. It's not fighting it out. It's not talking it out because I seen how they were and I seen how we used to treat them. And that's implanted in their head. So they already seen that. So when it's a confrontation, it's time to go down. They thinking the absolute worst because that's what's been put in their head through all these years. Like he said, they showing the riots. They wanted to see the riots. You don't want to do that in the daytime when ain't nobody going to be like, oh, okay, then we're going to go back to work or you're going to stand there, you peacefully protest, you'll march or you'll do whatever. They want to see the fires, dude. They want to see the people running out of the store so they can show that a hundred times so they can make you look like more of an animal, dude. So it's okay for somebody like Darren Wilson when he shoots you. Look right. at what they do. Right. 
So I have I have thoughts on the whole looting situation. Like I, I and this is funny because it's just just recently changed. I used to look at it and say the same thing. I used to go, "Damn, why are they tearing down their communities and their neighborhoods? Man, they got to shop at these places. These people, mm-hmm. like they supply all y'all shit. Like I don't understand." Until recently, and I thought about it. Is that really their community? Like, I'm from North Nashville. I grew up in North Nashville. What, 80% black in Bordeaux? Yeah. At least? Yeah. There's a corner store, just like there's probably one in your neighborhood. Who own it? A Korean family owns it. <laughs> now, hold, now it's it's been there my whole life. So right. in the 25 years I done lived in Nashville, it's probably been three owners. All of them have been Korean, hmm. right? They, after at the end of the day... They get in their Lexus truck and they drive to Bellevue to go home. Bellevue, it's probably 85, 90% white, right? So who works at this corner store? The mama, the daddy, the little girl, the little girl and the son. Yep. That's it. Just like when you go to the Chinese food place, who take your order, the little eight-year-old that understands English. Exactly. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Is that my community? Do they give a shit about me? They don't even know my name. Bro, I've been going to that store my whole life. They don't know my name. Right. but They, I, they like, don't know my fucking name. Like you said, the objective and what the, 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 the rhetoric that they want to put out there or they tear down their own community. But like you said, it's not theirs. It's not their so. But the, okay, go hold ahead. Hold on. Real quick. Take it a little bit on down to Jefferson Street. Uh-huh. Let's go to Knockout Wings. Okay. This is also in a black neighborhood. Who owns that? Black people, from what I'm told... On, they run knockout wings. Right. They employ high schoolers in the city. Right. Nigga probably lived in the city, probably went to school, probably played football yeah. in the community. Yeah. He know you by name. When you come in, he checking to see how your family doing. Right. He giving niggas in the, in the community jobs. You get your, you, hey, you bring me them A's and B's, you can keep this job. You can go get your fresh shit, go buy whatever you want. You have some money in your pocket. When, when kids come in, how your grades looking. Mm-hmm. Said, That's a community. That's true. You feel what I'm saying? So they're burning down these wig shops or these weave stores. Those people don't give a fuck about who live in Ferguson. They're there <laughs> to get your money and jump in their Lexus trucks and drive to the nice part of town. That's it, bro. Yeah. That's not your community. That's the difference. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not necessarily agreeing and saying if I lived in Ferguson, I'd be running in and trying to drive, trying to pick out uh, fucking bottles or whatever, you know what I'm saying, stocking up and shit. But I don't necessarily agree with that. But you got to understand. Stop! I don't think the, their community is the correct phrase, bro. It just happens to be a store where motherfuckers making money off them. The money is not going back in the community at all, and they have no respect for those people, dude. That's all I'm saying. So don't make it. It's not their community. If those were black-owned businesses, they wouldn't touch them. I yeah. promise you, they I wouldn't. Agree. And I agree with that. And to to further the point that I was saying, and and I guess what it will say is a solution of some sort. Is a community, like you said, it starts with it, it it's, contains the businesses, people in it, and that nature. But the problem is the people that speak for the community are not saying the right things. Right. So, like, you can go burn down those stores, and they'll show you on TV, like the LA riots, what happened, and how much damage was done. They'll show you on TV them riding in Ferguson and how much they got to pay to get it fixed. And they'll show you these different things. And they want you to see those things because they want you to think, we caused a billion dollars worth of damage in Ferguson. We made a dent in what? We caused $50 billion worth of damage in L.A. We made a dent in what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we standing in the middle of the street blocking traffic. We making a dent in what? You understand what I'm saying? So 
the thing about it is not their community because people don't take the correct steps to make it their communities. What people have to do more so, and I'm, I'm going to get up on my soapbox here for a second, it ain't about being rappers or producers or trying to be in the music business. It's learning as much as you can and trying to be the person that can make the change and be the voice in your community. Right. Like it, it's it's one thing to pass out your mixtape. It's another thing to learn what you can about political science and to go be a councilman and prevent Ferguson from happening on that end. Because you right there week in your meetings and you saying, "Nah, this police force are not pe- are not treating the people in my community correctly." You know what I'm saying? So it's not even about. I ain't telling you to go get out and vote. That's going to change things because that's not true. We got to change the way we approach it and make sure that we're prepared to take the positions first. We got to prepare to take them. You can't vote for people to telling you what you want to hear. Right. It ain't nobody that you see on TV right now that gives a fuck about Ferguson. And that includes Barack. He got on there and he right. told you that. I don't care about Ferguson or how it happened because y'all ain't voting. Ain't nobody speaking for y'all. So until black people get together well, I ain't even going to say black people because it's not a white-black thing. Until the generational people that are out there mad get together, start running for office, start learning about how politics work, and start being the person in the room as opposed to standing outside protesting and the people in the room looking at your signs and laughing, right. that's the only way it's going to change. We got to understand that we got to start taking a position, and that's how it changed. But like I said, they want you to see the damage and say, oh, they caused a big deal here. And that shit go on for maybe three months, and then everything back to normal. Elections come back up. You got these two white guys that you never heard of. One of them telling you, yeah, we're going to do everything that we said we've been doing. The other one telling <laughs> the other people that don't like you, yeah, we're going to fuck them over like we always been doing. So right. you make your decision. I'm going to take the lesser of two evils and go with the dude who I'm who lying to me, telling me he going to help me. I mean, and but that's the, how it go. And, and we have another voice memo that I feel like is appropriate for this because – it, you're, you're speaking as if there's some type of hope right. that there could be a difference made. Right. And we got a very interesting voicemail from Mr. Reagan. James Reagan, what's up? Shout man? out James Reagan. True on Decker. He's been a fan, man. I, honestly, I reached out to him. I, yeah, I mean, we're act on Twitter. I consider me that cool. Um, I reached out to him. I want to know what he thought about it. And he sent me a, a voice memo. Well, he sent us a voice memo. So, you know, yeah. let's see what he had to say. Check it out. When you have a white cop or a white person kill a black person, and it seems like it should be an open and shut case by the rules that the system sets up, they feel like the same justice should be had if it was a reverse role. Well, when actuality, if the system wasn't built for you as a black man or being you as a minority to succeed, then you can't win in a situation where the cards are stacked against you, and this is just another situation of that. As much as we think that we've advanced in our lifetime because we have people to look up to or people that have attained success, it's kind of like our old adage that an old man told me one time. He was like, the oppressor doesn't keep people oppressed by breaking their will. It's by giving them hope. You give them small tokens and small trinkets to look at as hope that one day I'll be able to sit at the table with you and break bread with you, but that ain't the case. And this is just a situation of showing that, you know, yeah, you got a little hope. We give you a little hope, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, this is what you really, this is what we look at you as, as far as this is what, this is how much your life matters to us. All right. So I I like the comment. First of all, I appreciate the comment. Yeah. I, I feel like it was on point. It was. Um, 
they send us you look out there and you look at successful African Americans. Right. What do they do? They play sports. Mm-hmm. They on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make music. Right. So we look at that and go, ah, oh, shit, Le- LeBron good. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So and so good. Jay good. Like, bro. Oprah. What? Uh, well, Oprah might actually slick be good though. But you got to think the percentage of those people that actually own something, as opposed to, I play ball and I signed a thirty million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. I have zero power right. of anything. Right. I don't own my name. I can't even wear my name in a jersey in a commercial. Like, I don't own anything. But you see my Benz. You see Rick Ross Maybach. And you're like, ah, he winning. Is he really winning? Like, if you look at the top ten money makers, dog, like five or six of them are from the same family, the fucking Walton family. That's winning. Oh, it is. You feel me? Bill Gates. I saw a picture with Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. Nigga, that was like a. There was two, two of them on a private jet, bro. That's like a hundred and like sixty billion in two seats. Nigga. That's winning because their money, that's wealth. You see what I'm saying? Like it's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. We see niggas rich and we like, ah, oh, man, they they good. They own. Look at LeBron. See, you can do it. You can be LeBron. You can be this person. But how many niggas are actually wealthy where they own property, they own land, where it could be it's something that could be passed down through generations? Who do we have like it? Can we even they won't let us eat at the table. That's what the comment said. They make you think you can eat at the table by throwing you a bins, throwing you a chain <laughs> around your neck when really that shit doesn't mean anything. And you don't get no seat at this big boy table. You can eat at the small kid table over Thanksgiving. Like, that's all we got. And okay. they, a lot of people think that that's the ceiling. And it okay. ain't no glass ceiling. Well, it's a glass ceiling. You can see through it. You but think you, you got some shit, it. but you yeah. can't get through it, though. Okay. That makes sense. I I agree and I disagree with that. And I'm going to tell you why. I think the thing, the perception of um, our generation, our hip-hop is us, the people that we're talking to. The perception is amongst the majority of us that we got people that are sitting at that table. The perception is right. Jay-Z is sitting at that table. Right. Oprah is sitting at that table. Oprah, Puff Daddy. Oprah might be at I don't think table, she though. is, and I'm going to explain why in just okay. a second. Puff Daddy is sitting at that table. Russell Simmons uh, is sitting at that table. Damon John, those people that right. you see that you know are wealthy black people, they sitting at that table and they should be speaking out and those are representative of us. Why aren't they doing anything? Right. When in reality, like you just said, they're not at that table. We think they are because of what they tell us. They tell us, I'm a part owner of the Nets. I just la- I just launched own network. I'm worth half a billion dollars. I just did Revolt TV. Right. As soon as you put your foot on the ground at Jay Z, and you go down there, you holding a uh, no justice, no, no peace. justice, no peace. The revolution will start, whatever it may be, and you hold that sign in the air. Rock Nation is gone. You know what I mean? All those deals with Barneys and stuff like that. That's gone because you've now tarnished the brand that they've associated with your brand. Right. You know what I mean? So you're not sitting there, he ain't sitting at that table because he ain't, like you said, Warren Buffett where he generating his own money. Right. But the thing is, and my problem with that is, why is it so important for us to sit at that table? Like you said, Oprah may be good. Now she is good. Yeah, even if like she that. lose own network. She good. Even if Jay-Z lose Rock Nation. Even if Puff Daddy ain't got Revolt TV and he ain't got Bad Boy, he's still good. But I think as blacks, we too individualistic. 
and they're looking at it more of a sense like not that I don't care, but I'm not going to jeopardize everything I work so hard for for justice and peace for people that I see on World Star every day fighting and shit in the middle of McDonald's. People that I see on World Star that can't do this and can't do that. Or like Bill Cosby say, can't pull their pants up. Right. So they look at the young generation just like Bill Cosby do. You can tell by the way they contribute to it. It's like, okay, I see y'all, but I ain't trying to fuck with y'all. Like, I don't see no leaders here. I don't see nobody on CNN that I would invest my money in and I would back and I would jump behind his political campaign because I really feel like he can change stuff for black people. So I'm going to fall back. I'm going to keep my four, five hundred million. I ain't going to jeopardize that. I ain't going to comment on Ferguson. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to pay for my family. I'm going to be individualistic because they told us that's the American dream. It ain't about being unified. It ain't about doing nothing for your people and y'all getting on the level that's being treated as equal, they sold it as you got to do what's best for you. And everybody has bought into that. Yeah. Yes, every man for himself. Clearly. And, it, and as it's like that, it's getting like that. To, to be honest, I was surprised at the protests. I, I was surprised that so many people did it. Like even the day I seen uh, at some high school, they got up and they walked out of class. Mm. I seen at a college day, like, in unison got up and walked out of the class of course the, the Rams and shit yeah the Rams players put their hands up and like all of that is cool but until it's somebody that's willing to step up and do the real work and then we support him like we support a Rick Ross or support a Jay-Z or support something like that that's when change started to happen those people you, them brothers you see on CNN that they, they halfway know what's going on we just need a little bit more help from us right those are people we need to be supporting and putting on there like rap stars and stuff like that because those are people that can make change and then the people that's coming out of school and stuff too like it's just i think we expect too much from our older generation and they ain't got the same interest as we do so we need to you are you saying that we need a new we need a new malcolm x or we need a new not okay I, I don't even we, think we need a new malcolm x or mlk i think we need to refocus on issues that are more important than, than love and hip-hop than twitter than all of those things like we drowned out in those things and people are forgetting like it ain't just you it ain't about 718 likes dude yeah you know what i'm saying like people can go you can go to school and you can be involved in politics without being malcolm x and martin luther king exactly. you just need to be in the room you just need to know what's going on you ain't got to be as big as them you just got to be able to hold a meeting in your community and tell 30 to 35 other people hey look this is what y'all need to go do when y'all vote this is what y'all looking for this is what need to happen you ain't got to be Malcolm X and Martin Luther King to do that. I think we need more individuals that are more worried about those things as opposed to they mixtapes or they Hermes belts. You know what I mean, podcasts. And me included. I ain't going to say that dick. Uh, I'm telling people to do this and do that. As a black man, I got to step up and do more myself, and I'm willing to take on that responsibility. But I feel like more people want to sit back and point the finger and say, hey, we do this wrong, we do this wrong, as opposed to attacking the problem the right way which is learning as much information you can and fighting them in their game and and plus though like real talk you got to be able to follow it's got to be some followers out here like everybody yeah. can't everybody's be not a leader dude. chef dude right like it, like you got to assign the chef okay cool and niggas got to follow the lead and like I, bro like follow in line and just play your position like you play your position everybody can't be a boss you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the cool thing. Like, oh, I'm the boss, nigga. See, and, 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 and that go to what I was saying about what you see on TV and what we see now. Take look, take this example. Like you just said, I'm a boss. Yep. I'm this, I'm that. 
take the sit-ins or any of those places where you seen them sitting at those bars and and they was getting dragged and spit on. They were pouring milkshakes and shit on their head. They spraying them with water hoses. Walking into that, they had the mentality of knowing that that may happen to them. I might get spit on. Shit, they might they, they going into it thinking I might die right. today. Like I might die behind this. But this is so important to me that I'm willing to go in here and put it on the line for that. As opposed to a generation now that says, man, I ain't fucking with that nigga. I got I gotta go to work tomorrow, nigga. Right. Them Jays come out saying, bro, I got to get them. Right. You know what I'm saying? I can't go to Ferguson, dude. I'm booked for my trip to Hawaii already. Right, right, right. That's how it is now as opposed to how it was back then. And I think it's been sold and packaged that way through hip-hop music. We want y'all to enjoy y'all life. Don't worry about focusing up together. Don't worry about all that MLK civil rights shit. Get your money. Be a boss. Be whatever they tell you to be on the rap records. And don't worry about what's going on socially. That's how you you divide and conquer. I know we talked about Killer Mike on um, CNN. He has a new interview on CNN. I, I watched it earlier this morning. I ain't get to see that shit, man. That shit was so on point in the realest hey, listen, shit I listen, took Listen from to me. What's that? I am a new Killer Mike stand, I say. I will admittingly say, just from listening to that dude's speech, nothing to go look at what you said on CNN, listening to that interview, and, and like just knowing what he about, I'm a fan, dude. Like I'm, I'm a fan, dude. Look. But go ahead. He said, so they, he had a show in St. Louis the night of the, when the um the uh-huh. decision was read, right? He said he was the only act that didn't cancel, hmm. and so he gave a speech on the stage, and he kind of started tearing up or whatever. So y'all, well, first of all, y'all check that out. Then after that, go watch the clip on him on CNN, and she asked him what can be done to better this moving forward. He said, "Man, look, dude, my people, everybody is going to have to get." together with friends from different backgrounds with different perspectives so that you can understand like like the world does not revolve revolve around your one way of looking at shit yes there's a whole nother vantage point that like motherfuckers just miss and i and i personally see this all the time if you look at the comments on some of these articles go to yahoo or go to cnn right now click on the ferguson link and read the comments on the bottom and look at the disparity from from people you can tell who have never interacted with a black person in their life you can tell those people in the comments you can also tell the comments from people that have never interacted with a white person in their life <laughs> like you can tell yeah. it's like okay this person's never met a black dude in his however old he is he's never met a nigga before period so like his whole thing was get out of your comfort zone. Go to church with somebody on another side of town. Go, go to go get some yeah, friends. Yeah, I heard him say that. Like go to a, go to a mosque. Go to go to go a mosque with somebody Muslim, or if you know an Indian friend, go 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 to a Buddhist and serve at the temple like they do. Until you open them lines important. of communications up and you get those different perspectives, that's when people will start understanding other people, and they won't be so trigger happy. They yes. won't be scared. Yes, yes, they won't yes, be. Yes. They won't approach you in no crazy ass way. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Just stuff like that. I, I thought that was a. a a good point because yeah. I feel that's important, man. You can't, bro. You can't walk around not like. See, I went to private school my first like four or five years in school, so like I was exposed to like all white people up until about the fourth or fifth grade. Then I went to the sixth grade on up and went to like an all black school. So like I, 
you have to be like that changed the way you look at shit. It help you understand why people do. That's why when white people, be, I ain't gonna say white people, but when people say the things that they say about the Ferguson, when Charles Barkley said he agreed with the with the decision and stuff like that, like I don't fly off the handle, bro. Like Charles I, Barkley said he agreed with the decision. Yeah, he said he agreed with I it. Missed that. Yeah, he just came out with that and said that. Wow. But like, but it's I, fucking crazy. It's it's crazy. But like, I I listen to what he has to say and I and I listen and whether I point? agree with it or not. What was his point? He was saying that the. Um, the Supreme Court thing had had evidence, and every, he was going based off the Supreme Court but readings. That, that's not true, though. But that's what I'm saying. But that's assuming. See, and, and, and that's and why I, I didn't I, read I, it either. I'm letting you finish your point. I, you done, did you? Right, but no. I, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that it's important to to talk and walk with people from different areas of life outside of your comfort zone, and that's what that's all Killer Mike was saying. And Barkley was saying that he read the whole. However many pages it is, I looked at a little bit of it. I didn't want, I, but I don't trust it, so that's why it's no point in me exactly. reading the whole thing because I feel like it's probably been tampered. But you uh, go ahead though. You were saying, um, I agree with the uh, what Killer Mike was saying about together, and that's what I was speaking of as well as leadership. Once you start learning how to be a leader and you start understanding what it takes to call yourself a leader, you understand that it's not just your people that you have to deal with. You got to speak for your people to other people. And in order to do that, you have to understand who you're talking to. So like you said, you got to go to church with them. You can't be like those white, like them crackers, this. Like, I got good white friends. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I got Chinese friends and all that. Right. It ain't as much a racial issue as people try to make it. It's more about people not being unified together and not being leadership and a clear-cut representation of our generation, not black people. It's not a clear-cut representation of our generation. Because when they talk about our generation, they probably allude to now Wayne or Justin Bieber or Miley Cyrus right. or people like that. That's not a clear-cut representation of our generation. That's not an accurate portrayal. Right, I agree. And um, and I, what I do want to talk about, I do want to get into the actual interview that the – get into the – Officer and what he says happened, and just just what we thought before we kind of wrap it up. What um, I'm gonna play a clip. Shout out Tuan Sounds. He shot over a voice uh, mail about his thoughts when it came to the actual interview on uh, ABC. For Officer Wilson to actually do an interview right after the grand jury chose not to indict him on anything, I don't think he realized the severity of his actions. I mean, he did affect the Brown family. He also affected the Ferguson community. With him affecting the community, I mean, businesses were burned down. People have lost their livelihood. Now, a stigma is going to surround the Ferguson Police Department the same way people start looking at the LAPD and the NYPD. So, with that, I don't. I really don't think he realizes all of his actions at this point. And all you can do at this point is just really pray for the Ferguson community. All right, so we all saw the interview, and he gave his side of the account of what happened. Um, what do you think? Based off of what you done heard, what how you think it went down? Look, okay. From what I've seen, read, and watched, I looked at the whole when they announced it and he was reading from the transcript of the grand jury trial or whatever it may be. I looked at the interview that Darren Wilson had. And um, to me, it, what I got from it was what the whole thing is about. He can both of them came off as smug. Both of them came off as his, 
I mean, look at y'all. Look at how y'all act. Look at what y'all do. What was I supposed to do if it's a 6'6", 280-pound black dude charging, allegedly charging towards me? Like, this is how it goes down. Like, why is it such a big deal now when it just happened in New York and one got choked out? Like, why are y'all making such a big deal? I, I think all of them came off that way, especially when he said he had no remorse for doing it. I know he has to say that legally because if he don't say that, they're going to try his ass and then he'll right. get that indictment. So he got to say that. But it looked like he really believed that he didn't do anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and to get a little bit deep into it, like how it go down in a scenario like Ferguson in the hood. If you hang out in the hood, whatever they might going on, you can tell Ferguson in the hood. If if you do, you conduct your business in the hood, you get up, you go around there every day, you start to know the people there, the people that know you, you know the police that patrol the hood, you might not know them on a the first name basis depending on how deep you is in the game. Whether you sell and you stand on the corner selling or whatever it is you got going on, if it's your hood, you know what's going on. Mike Brown grew up there, he was from there. Darren Wilson, a new cop, 24-year-old. When you in the hood, like I said, you know who you can try police and everything and who you need to do what they say unless it's going to turn into something that you don't want it to turn into you ain't trying to get your day fucked up right Dan Wilson man a new cop you swerve up on me and I'm walking in the street I ain't never seen you before or you got a reputation in the hood of being soft and you tell me to get my ass out of the street or whatever it is that you say I'm trying you Right. Just because I know this my hood and I know you ain't got the reputation of being nobody that's going to do anything about it so then I try you, you might be having a bad day, you got an argument with your wife, whatever it may be that made you upset today, you want to hop out your car and try me back instead of rolling off, calling for backup, whatever it is you may do. And I feel like he probably tried to jump out of the car real quick, was close enough to try to jump out of the car, and Mike Brown, a big dude, he pushed him back. Like, no, nah, right. nigga, you ain't, you ain't finna just hop out and do me no kind of way, which is wrong. Right. He shouldn't have done. You always taught as a black dude, me I know especially, probably anybody, nigga, don't never reach for no police gun, nigga. When they pull you over, don't even reach for your wallet. Right. So, nigga, ain't no way I think Mike Brown reached for his gun. See, it's, I, hold on. That that. Let me talk about that real quick. Okay. That part of it jumped out to me. He said he reached in there for his gun. That's when the gun went off. Mm-hmm. Now, I done been around some semi-crazy motherfuckers before. Mm-hmm. People that have probably shot at somebody, probably shot somebody, maybe even murked somebody before. Man, I don't know. I I don't think I've ever met one person with the balls big enough to grab a strap off of a police officer, dude. Man, listen to me. I I don't. I haven't met dude before. I never met that nigga before. Listen, listen That's to me. That's super Negro. Listen, I don't know him. I've never never met him either. Never met a nigga okay, that I was said he was trash. I'm gonna tell you a true life. I swear to God, story. I got an auntie, not an uncle, an auntie. <laughs> This was in her prime. She was a younger lady. She turned her life around now, but she she was in the streets doing her thing. She beat the shit out of a cop. Mm. Like, she, like, for real did. Like, she was in the army and shit, so she got hands. Right. She real, like, when she was on it one night, she was in the room, but she beat the shit out of police. Another one came, and he couldn't even contain her. I'm talking about a, a woman and a man. <laughs> and she won the fight, though. Alleged, that's what she said. Right, right. But she was she didn't have a scratch on her face. To get into it with two police officers and how she looked when I seen her, it looked like she did win that fight. Right. I say that to say, never not once, with all that adrenaline pumping, did she reach for their gun? Right. Or did they think that she was about to kill them? Right. So I don't believe 
and 18 Mike Brown reaching down off in the car to try to grab the gun off of a utility belt, and it ain't no clip in the gun anyway because you can't ride around like it. So what are you going to do? Take your gun, put the clip in, and shoot you? <laughs> look to look at a cop next time you see him walk around, look at his gun. The clip's not in there, dude. He got to load it. Bruh. Come on. That When I heard that, and then the second part, when he said he feared for his life because he was getting hit. So he was getting hit in the face. And then that's when he, that's when Mike Brown took off. That nigga he said feared he, felt for, like, he felt like a four-year-old. Oh yeah, being hit by Hulk Hogan, right, or some shit like it. And then, and then he said he thought the next hit might kill him. And that's so, and see that's my problem when they start right. lying like it, and people just are okay with it, and then you ignore it like oh, okay, yeah. That's no, like, you know that's not true. It's bro, impossible. He said he's, he feared for his life, <laughs> and then Mike Brown ran off, and then he got out the car and ran after him. So bro. you're telling me you ran toward what you thought was about to kill, kill you? you, kill you, Bruh like I like look, let's be very clear. I don't expect him to say anything else, dude. He doesn't want to go to jail for the rest of his life. I expect yeah. him to lie. I expect him to tell him. Yeah, I, mean, I expect him to tell a picture perfect scenario right. that paints him as the right. good guy. That's expected. Right. That's what you do when your life is on the line. Right. My, my Same problem, thing for Zimmerman, dude. But my problem is he's not being challenged, dude. Like no. But the dude one did ask him. To be fair, the interview dude did say, say. So you mean to tell me you fear for your life, but you ran after the dude? That was his exact words. And what he said? And he said, oh, "Well, I'm a police officer, and that's, that's what you're supposed to do. That, that's right. what you're supposed to. do. That's what we're trained to do. Just we're not like, trained to just, watch. Just like yeah, I don't think they're supposed to be trained to shoot to kill if they're not in distance enough to harm you either. So what about that? Police? That should have been his follow up question. And another thing I heard that stuck out to me. And what made me think totally different that gave me that theory that I just told you. Like, you don't reach in the car for no gun. He probably reached in the car and hit him in his face. That may have happened. Right. And at that point, I believe he did load his gun and he called for backup. Because they said 90 seconds after Mike Brown, after the fatal shot, not the first shot, but the one that killed him, another cop was there within 90 seconds. One minute and 30 seconds, another right. cop was there. To me, it sounds like he ain't want to take it. Let's say Mike Brown was that crazy nigga that we ain't never met. Right. Let's say he the nigga that got shot in the hand, reaching for a police officer gun, start running, then turn around and say, you know what, this motherfucker just shot me. I'm going to come whoop his ass. Right. So you telling me as Darren Wilson, you can't take a 90-second ass whooping because you know you got back up on the way. You just called for it. Right. It was just a robbery in the area. You know it's other police around that could be there in less than two minutes. So you telling me you think an ass whooping from this dude is going to kill Kill you in two minutes? You know the response time. They go through all of that in training. Right. You know how, how long it's going to take for somebody else to get there. My thing was he was too prideful. This dude hit me in my face. It's people out here. They seen it. I got justification now to shoot his ass. Right. And that's what he did. This this the thing, man. This, this is what bothers me, and this is why I hear it. It bothers me when people bling, bring up, they try to cross-reference this with the black-on-black -black crime and stuff oh like that. Oh, my God, it's the worst. This, look, oh, my God, I hate that. No, but look, but look I'm, I understand why people do it. I don't. But I'm going to tell you, I know why, because they're focusing on the actual act of murder. That's what they're focusing on. But what, they, what people had to realize, though, is that if I step outside right now, shoot somebody six times that's unarmed, and I could call the police on myself. You want to know what's going to happen when they pull up? Nigga, they gonna throw my ass face first in the ground, cuff me. I'm gonna be charged, sentenced, 
in less than seven days, and they're going to throw me underneath j- the jail. That's the difference between a nigga shooting somebody in Chicago and what's happening in other parts of the country with people that are supposed to be in positions to protect and serve. They don't get the benefit of the doubt in Chicago. For some reason, Darren Wilson, George Zimmerman, they get the benefit of the doubt. Man, you okay? You What happened? Tell me what happened. They pulling up nigga guns still smoking. You straight? You need something to eat? You want a ride? You need to ride back to the crib? You need to go to the hospital? You cool? Okay, well, tell me. Oh, he came at you? Oh, okay, well, that's it then. What? Bro, we don't get that. You know how many times we done got pulled over and nigga said, all right, man, where the drugs at? What? I didn't get a good afternoon or nothing. Nigga, we're guilty to proving innocent, and for some reason, these other people are innocent until proven guilty, and that's what people have a problem. Don't tie that into black-on-black crime, which, we, of course, we all know is a problem, and that there's people doing shit trying to fix that when you're not aware of it. Just because you don't know what's going on doesn't mean that it ain't happening. So don't those are two different scenarios, and that because you're focusing on the murder and not the actual like the whole situation. The processes are totally different. Everybody knows that, except apparently this, this grand jury in Ferguson. Apparently they don't know that. Okay, it's one person left to tell the story, dude. He did. There's three. There's three. Everybody knows there's three sides to a story. You're only getting one, and it's the person who's still alive. What do you think it's going to sound like? Let's be clear. He's dead now. The problem that I have with people bringing up black-on-black crime every time this shit happens, every time you Trayvon Martin, every time you have a Jordan Davis, every time you have um, the kid that got choked out or he have an Oscar Grant or you got this situation where black people kill each other too. They do it. Why don't they? Why aren't trying to uproar when they do kill each other? Why won't y'all do that? The fact of the matter is, and it's common fucking sense, and everyone knows this, Black people can't kill white people like they kill black people because they not around them like that, dude. <laughs> we don't live. They, black people that kill people don't live around white people, dude. Right. Black on black crime is the same as white on white crime, Hispanic or Latino on Latino crime, whatever they want to be called, or Chinese on Chinese crime, because they live amongst each other, dude. You more likely to be in something that happens like you more likely to have an altercation with somebody of your own race because those are the people that you interact with. Right. Like the people that ain't interacting with their own race mostly, those people are out in the suburbs with people that don't look like them, dude. Yeah. You don't get black on black killing in, in, in the suburbs, dude. Like they have a um, a chart that I was looking at the other day. Black on black crime and white on white crime is damn near the exact percentage. But you right. never hear that. Right. Stupid dude, like that ain't even argument. It's just, it's but it's just, it's but it's just a way to deflect are, people from right. understanding what's going on for real. And you, like you're that's focusing the first on the argument you hear, and that's why I say we point. need more people on TV. Like when they bring that shit up, they try to argue the fact. Well, that's not what we're talking about right now. Well, what about white on white crime then? Right. What about yeah? You know I'm saying like, come on, dog. That's stupid. That's one of the dumbest arguments really that you can make. Well, it's not like black people don't. Oh, if somebody he, did he kill him? Was he black? Did the dude that killed him black? Oh, okay, it's cool. Uh, man. We it's cool, man. We, we ain't going to go that hard on him. Dude, if, if Darren Wilson was a black officer, they would be going probably even harder on dude. Yeah. Uncle Tom, sell out. You ain't shit. We don't fuck with you. Like, dude would have uh, hell. So don't do that black on black shit. That ain't that. Nah. This, this, this is the difference. Take your boy that was in the movie theater and the Batman shit. Yeah. That got the... Got them waving yeah. it to like this lamb motherfuckers out for no reason, bro. He walks outside, pull whole unit outside with a strap, 
Hands, no, he got the. He had already got rid. He got the big dog shit. They know he in there laying motherfuckers out, and he get he get arrested as normal as a motherfucker. (laughs) Like, right, right. Like you don't have you don't have a a reasonable doubt to think that he would have harmed you. Like, Like, I don't think that he he just shot nine motherfuckers, but he could come out here and put his hands up, and we're cool. But Mike Brown, you thirty five feet away, you six six, and you two eighty. I feel like you may be able to kill me from that distance. (laughs) So let me take you six shots. Bro, that's, fuck out of here, dude. Bro, that's so wild to me, dog. It's crazy. This nigga walked out the theater and was like, "All right, hands up, knees." Like, what? I done got ta- I done got treated dirty than that nigga, and, and I ain't Man, even done what? nothing. <laughs> I don't even want to speak on. It. You feel me? Like that's I wild. Like, like, bro, I don't even want to talk. Like, and and and, I, and they said it on FSP yesterday as well. And we gonna get out of here probably after this, but nigga, you can be the cleanest nigga in the world, never sold a thing. Drive the speed limit, head to work in a suit and tie. Just because you know how police are the black people, they get behind you and you pull sweating. you over. You're nervous. Yep. You're nervous, dude. And it ain't because you did shit. It's because how they look at you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I'm reaching for my wallet. Oh, what, you got a gun? No. Bruh. And that's, but that's, you smoking a black. What, you got a pound of weed in the car? Bruh. That, and that's, on, that's another thing, man. Like. I don't know what Mike Brown said. The, I, I, I wasn't there. I don't know how it happened. Right. But without every witness account, there's two consistencies in the witnesses' accounts all across the board. A, there was a scuffle inside the car somehow, and B, he ran, stopped, and turned around. Yep. Those are the only two things that are consistent. Everything else in between, people have totally different yep. stories on. So, I mean, it's like what you just said, dude. What type of scuffle happens inside a police car? First and foremost, like, and I need more description in that too. What do you mean scuffle? Like, how do you scuffle with? How is he scuffling with you? Right. And secondly, once you say that, like you say, the accounts that that were together, he runs. He what does he decide when he stops and puts his hands up? Right. That everybody says that he turned around at one point. Right. And then lastly, my thing, and what I think the dude—that's what I want to say. What I think the dude who was delivering. Uh, the verdict and letting everybody know what he was saying. Well, as I read between the lines, that if there hadn't been such a big media outcry, he said all of these things. If there weren't so many different stories, if so many things weren't floated out there that weren't true, then maybe we would have been able to do our job better. Then maybe we would have been able to get a conviction. Okay, so it's the witness's fault now. That nobody can get the story straight, but I thought that's what y'all do as police, dude. It's your job to cipher through the facts. It's yeah. not the community job to provide you with the facts and go say, "Hey, arrest that dude." Your job is to beat the facts, and I feel like he was trying to blame that it had turned into a big media it's circus, circus. Yeah. and that's why they couldn't come to a decision on indicting him because there were so many separate stories and so many different things going on. Dude, that's not your problem, what the media is saying. Your job is to figure out the real facts. I don't give a fuck how many people you got to interview, how many different stories it is, dude. Don't try to put it off on society and put it off on the people that were there and put it off on the witnesses and say, well, I just couldn't get a good story out of anybody. None of the stories match. Okay, then do your fucking job and figure, the fr- and figure it out. Yeah, man, it's, it's wild, but the stories range from... He charged at him too. He had his hands yeah. up. And, and I get it. That's frustrating. But yeah. shit, we 
you go to work, I go to work, everybody probably that listen to this got a job or do something where they make money. Shit, you get frustrated at a point. But if that's your job, you got to figure it the fuck out. And I feel like yep. they try to use the excuse of, well, there were just too many crazy stories, man, and we just couldn't figure it out. All right, well, just lock his ass up then because he killed somebody. Since we can't figure this shit out, since he don't want to tell you the truth, right. just lock his shit, just lock him up. Man, who so, knows? We're, look, but to end on a, on a cool note, like I said, um, it, very tragic thing happened. I think we had a good conversation about it. Appreciate everybody that contributed to this. And um, my suggestion would be, like I said, I challenge myself as well as other people listening, just to do more, to learn more. You know what I mean? Like just turn off turn off rap sometimes and just listen to something that's going on with politics. Like, uh, just just try to find out something how you can help your community. You know? Just do stuff like that. That would be my challenge to people. Look, man, if, if you are looking at this and wondering what can I do, because I'm going to be honest, everybody doesn't want to get involved. Hmm. Everybody doesn't have to get involved. But if you want to, mm-hmm. I say pick up a book, pick up several books, read, educate yourself, go to school, man. You get with your partners. Look, your one partner go to school for this. Your other partner go to school for that. You yep. go to school for in between, and y'all meet up at the top, and you know yeah. what I'm saying. You cover across the board. You yeah. know what I'm saying. Like that's how you get what together, you do, link up, man, and, and strengthen numbers. Us as people got to start building bigger and better foundations with a focus of things that we want, and, and able to have power to get those things. If we got to stop shopping somewhere as a group. Where it's organized, and that's what we'll have to do. If you got to stop doing this, you got to stop doing that as a group to get a political point across, and that's what we got to do. And it's like you just said, you ain't got to be involved politic-wise. You can do it with your friends, your homies. And, and, and in today's age where you got Twitter, you got Facebook and social media, like it can spread so quick and stuff can get so big. People are not as powerless as they want us to think we are. And I think that that's the message that we should take from it. You can even see that with the protest. It's not that we out here and we can't do anything. It's what do we want to do about it. No longer can we say, oh, we got to we gotta do this because they say so. We can't do nothing. I think with the social media stuff now that we can be strong enough as a people in unison to do something if we really want to. For sure, man. We definitely take sacrifice. We're going to go to a quick song break before we wrap it up. Uh, this is Timberland's new artist. She's been making a lot of noise. Her name is Tink. She dropped a song called Tell the Kids. Y'all check it out. Excuse me. Tell the Children. Y'all check it out. That's not something you cannot have it. Go. twist. There's none of me in the kids. We in the crib. It's a quarter past ten. Where your brother at? Run up in his room. Pull the cover back. Where I'm from, niggas lead a porch and they don't make it back. Police life, Nana starts pacing. Fuck the pigs, one. What brings you here on this occasion? The boys been gunned down. The boys is having fun now. With our blood and our sons disturbing the peace. He was more afraid of him when he's the one with the peace. Nana dropped, she hollering, why God? Police leave, tell us it's nothing but their job. They profile us. Then they wonder why we grow up being prejudiced and so valid It trickles down from the rich to the poor They'll fuck with you cause they can't believe that it's yours Registration, I get these fucking streets motivation They wanna take us out so they start making allocations I'm fed up, police coming so we sped up My nana told me fuck 12, keep your head up
Yes, sir. That was Tink, uh, Timberland, new artist, rapper slash singer. He been pumping a real heavy. He was on Breakfast Club, and he could barely get out the words to talk about this new artist he got. Song cool. Like I said, it's called uh, Tell the Children in reference to the Ferguson joint. Yeah, much much love to them for doing that. It was cool, the song. Man, before we get <clears throat> out of here, man, quote of the week. We can't just leave you out with quote of the, without a quote of the week. Quote dog. of the week. Raw, speaking of Timberland. They asked Rick Ross on Breakfast Club, how you feel about Timberland playing your joint? Like, whose joint was it first? The song with him and Jay. Did Timberland say it was his joint first, though? He didn't say it, but uh, you know how you look. You, it could like, be interpreted that way. Yeah, okay. Because he brought his artist, Tink, and they played a version of the moving bass joint that Ross has on that hood billionaire. But it said a Ross and Jay is her Ross and Jay. And they got their verses chopped up, and they going back and forth. Like, it's a it's a better version. <laughs> and they asked Ross about that. Check out what he said about Timbo. Uh, what it is is me and Jay did the original version. Mm-hmm. Of course, Timbaland produced it. Mm-hmm. He had the session. You know, I guess, uh, you know, he let his female artist. Tink. Uh, yeah, Tink. He let her, you know, play with the record. Uh, I actually went to the studio a couple months back, and he played it for me. I told him, I see what you did, but, you know, put that on ice on me. You know, we... You know, I'm doing my thing with this on the album, you know. He produced it and you know, the homie, he pulled the move, you know. At Sorry. the at the end of the day, you know, you know, boss is moving boss ways and that's something he gonna have to fix. Mm-hmm. All right, does Ross have a legit beef with Timberland for playing this record? Should Timberland mm-hmm. just keep out on ice? Listen, man. When you do listen, I, people know this. And I get heat on Twitter. Motherfuckers think that I don't like Rick Ross. I do not have a problem with Rick Ross. I don't hate on him. I did not say J Hove that his last four albums were gonna be bust, but I did say Mastermind would be his last good one. Leading into what we're gonna say. For sure. But hell no, he don't like when you steal somebody's name and then just ignore the fact that he wants to acknowledge you to acknowledge somebody, at least come to agreement. Like, nah, all the bad karma you get, you you signed up for that, dog. Yeah, he nah. hot about that because the Tink version is getting rave reviews yeah, yeah, and major clock. Nigga, Rick Ross hot about his name. You signed up for that. Everything you get, that's how it come to you, dog. They asked him about that, too. They <laughs> asked Rose about, hey, are you ever going to link up with the real Rick Ross? How you feel about the campaign that he has going on? Rose Ross looked at them niggas and, and laughed and was like, I'm not fucking with dude. He a snitch. Oh, man, see. He said he a snitch. It was two things. He said, one, I'm not fucking with dude because he didn't come at me like this at first. He wanted to sue me. He wanted to get some money off of me. Mm -hmm. When that didn't work, now he's like, let's do this for the community. If Mm -hmm. that was your intentions, you would have came to me like that at first. Second off, you snitched and got 20 people indicted and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. One, uh, this is, I promise, the first time that I've ever heard the, the freeway Ricky Ross snitched. So I, mean, I don't know if it's fact straight or not. I ain't saying they is. I ain't saying they ain't. Right. They ain't got nothing to do with it, first and foremost, to me. But to me, the scenario is not so much so cut and dry like what Ross say. Rick Ross did, the freeway Ricky Ross did over, I think, like 20 years in jail. Mm-hmm. This nigga was a fucking, like, he... He was a millionaire, like like real deal, making millions, cash money a day. Like this nigga was one of the first original drug dealers. This nigga know what money is, dude. So money ain't shit to him. Right. That ain't nothing. The nigga get out of jail. I can't believe that he was on some. 
oh, I'm finna extort Rick Ross is using my name or this or that. What I do more so believe is that he wasn't in a position, even though he Rick Ross, you just getting out of jail. It's hard getting back on your feet, getting people to start messing with you, getting people to start, you know, running in the right circles, getting the right context and stuff. So he probably didn't have the access to Rick Ross in order to have that conversation. He could have got it though, bro. Do you think so? Really? Yeah, I do, man. Okay, look. I think he would have I think it, Ross would have looked on, at no, that as listen, a nigga props. That's to the point I was getting to. You don't have the access to get to somebody like Ross. So when you reaching out to Rick Ross at that stage, yeah. hell no, I don't want to hear what you got. Nigga, you just got out of jail. Do you probably want some money? Like, no, I'm good. I'm Rick Ross. I done made it off this name. I don't have to talk to you about nothing. You know what I mean? That's uh, how I it, look. It depends. I think that that's how he came at it. So then you say, okay, well, I'll sue you to try to get your attention. Oh, uh, no. Nah. Rick sue. Ross don't need no money from him, dude. What came like, first, the chicken or the egg, dude? He sued him. He tried to sue him first, bro. He didn't come at him on no. Hey, but you buddy, don't know that though. Up. You going by I mean, Rick Ross' word? What you? No, what, no. But what I'm saying is, if he did try to sue him first, is that not the only way that somebody like him, fresh out of jail, he ain't no popular superstar, nothing. Yeah, his name mentioned in rhymes, people know him from hustling. But how is he getting in touch with Rick Ross? He can make it happen. Nah, bro, bro you giving. Him I'm too not much telling credit. you how, but he now, can make it happen. You giving him too much credit, and what I'm saying is this though: to wrap it up, one. Nigga, if I came to you suing you about my name or whatnot, and you saying, okay, you don't like how that feel, that whatever it may be, before you start using my name, you ain't clear with me and say, hey, is you cool with me being this big fat motherfucker running around with my shirt off using your name, acting like I was a drug dealer when I used to be a CEO, and I just make this real good music and shit. Like, he didn't go to Rick Ross and ask him, could he do that? So why you got to come there? I mean, like, why he got to do that for you? Why he got to show you some respect that you ain't show him? Like he the whole something from him. Rick Ross took something from him. Hey. The whole situation, I feel like Rick Ross could have been a, a way bigger dude, more of a boss, handled it, got his squash, and they could be doing a lot more for the community, like the real Rick Ross said. But it, I think Rick Ross played too much. The rapper played too much into that character, dude. Like so, he, he he made great music. He a good lead. I hear he do good for his people. I ain't got nothing against him personally, but I think that whole situation make him look real weak. Because, like, in the streets, that ain't nothing you do, man. Like, a nigga name is his name. If a nigga tell you he don't like you using his name and you're a real stand-up dude like you say you is, then, like, don't use it. Like, you big enough to make another name. Go call me William Roberts, dude. Man, listen, I, shout out on Instagram. Shout out to homie Ernie underscore Madoff, man. He told us we need to give that, that hood billionaire review. Uh-huh. I know where I, I'm gonna go with I that. Gave after it a that second, rant. I gave it a second run. Why? It's cool. It's solid. It would have been better off as a mixtape. It sounded a little forced. Like generally speaking, Ross albums have very high quality records on them. Yeah. And his mixtapes are a little less in like subject matter and a little more, a little more basic. And I feel like these are basic records. Shout out, the homie even tweeted at me. He said, man, y'all got to mention this, the whack-ass Snoop verse. And don't think I'm about to go without mentioning that whack-ass Snoop Dogg verse. My homeboy. That he, shit was garbage. My homeboy, he gang P, hit me up too, wanted to review on the Ross album. He didn't ask me what I thought. He said, have you heard the Ross? It's flames. Yeah. So, I won't go on and give my review. I think the album is trash, absolute trash. It sounds forced. I like all the Rick Ross albums except for the first one, Port of Miami. So I ain't, I don't hate his music or nothing of that nature. 
I feel like he makes way better music than the stuff he put on his album. I don't feel like at this point it's in your career if you on your eighth album that you go back to D-Boy stories when you've been pumping this boss thing for the last five, six years. Now you're going back to like a thug motivation 101. I still got bricks in the trunk and I'm riding down Elvis Presley Boulevard with Priscilla. Like you passed that stage of your career, dude. Like no one wants to hear Rick Ross talk about selling drugs. Apparently so. If people think it's fire. No, no, no. Yeah, no I, I know no. he's not the only person that's hit you and said it was crack. Uh, he, so I mean, I, it's I really, okay. It's, it's not, his worst it's not, album It's though. not Rick Ross quality at all And what did I say It's not on Rick Ross level and You're then, right Again Another score Another one for Lou I said the album Following Mastermind Would be his worst album I did say that It's in the archive eh, And it is sure. This is trash It's not trash though. Trash Look, It's not as good as Shout out to Gang P But it's not as good As he said it is And it's not as slow As you're making it It's about well, a little I'll say this I'm just disappointed Like the music of course Rick Ross can make good music but like i just don't expect a hood billionaire i don't expect 16 tracks of rick ross talking about dope dude i just don't i don't want to hear it why because it's i don't rick expect ross. that from nobody actually these days i don't expect that from no you one you expect it from Pusha t you expect it from ross yeah, that's impossible you can't really Pusha t's last album was an album about dope come on Basically. dude I ain't heard an album like that strictly about dope since I listened to uh, Jeezy shit, TM 101. And it was authentic. This raw shit is just, nigga, you've been, you been selling records for 15 years, dude. And nobody want to hear about your fi- fantasy, fairy telling, bricks in the trunk. Like, nobody don't want to hear that, dude. Niggas ain't out here getting indicted for shit like that no more, dude. Nobody wants to hear that, dude. Make some real music, man. It's all right. Shout out, shout out Meek Mill. Meek Mill made it out today. Free Meek. He out of here. He finally out. I let him. I wonder who the uh I wonder who gonna snatch him first for a feature. Um and I wonder if that album he oh Dream Chasers four is coming out. I seen drama pumping that. At first Meek Mill feature. Who got something dropped? T I? Booyah. Nah, Tip just dropped. I'm say he, I'm say Young Thug gonna get him oh for some. God, I hope not. I can see that. He young Thug kind of trailed off a little soon. bit too. Who Young Thug? Yes. Let's I keep, mean, you let's had keep to keep it that way. No, no, because he was on fire for so long. Yeah, keep, he's still let's, doing let's shows just, off let's that just shit. Let's keep him where he at. I'm cool with him just staying right where he yeah, at. Damn, um, he was too, too, too hot. Pause for a most long certainly. Time. Um, what you got on deck this weekend? Chillaxing, man. I don't think I got too much plan, man. Plan, plot, strategize, try to be a better person, man, so I can help with issues like Ferguson, man. That's what I got planned for this weekend. Most definitely, man. I think I'm going to be low-key my damn self. I may hit up Peters. I want some of that pizza out there on spin. Hmm, I'm missing that. Idea. Pizza be fire. I think I might hit that this weekend. Yeah, man, I did that Friday. I wouldn't mind some of that. That's cool. Most definitely. Hey, y'all, we appreciate y'all checking in. Of course, askondeck at gmail.com. Questions, comments. We're going to try to read it on air next week if we can get to it. Yes, sir. I am Spike Lou, and we out of here. Hollow. Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>